They're bad. They're boys. And occasionally, they talk about running. Yes, it's the Bad Boy Running Podcast with your hosts, Jody Rainsford and David Heller. Come back. Baby, come back. Bye, 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 bye. Bye, 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 bye. I must admit I was a clone to be messing around. But that doesn't mean that you have to leave town. Come back. But a bye 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 but a bye 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 bye. Hey, hello again. Wow, it feels like it's almost like a week since we've last <laughs> we've last recorded. But how can it be when we're just one letter on? I know, <laughs> no, exactly. Um, it, it sometimes it's difficult for people to believe that we record every week um, with the uh, the frequency of the podcast. But I think amazingly, um, and I don't know whether this is there's something in this, but. We beat the previous record of downloads for the month, <laughs> even though we released half the amount of podcast episodes. Maybe that's a secret. There is a secret. It's the less that we, um, the less that we um, publish, the the more popular it is. It's like um, it's like the beerathon in the uh, in the running awards. Yeah, <laughs> the less, do do the nothing. Less you care. Don't give a shit. <laughs> You'll always get through. <laughs> Yeah, that's it. It's yeah. It's what's the word? There's like a um. It's like an inverse, like an inverse theory to it, isn't there? The yeah. less you give a shit, the more chance it is to succeed. I mean, yeah, if you really would like, oh, I wouldn't even be able to be bothered to go if I got if I got shortlisted. So they shortlist you, and you're like, damn it! It's like Bob Dylan with his um, winning the Nobel Prize. <laughs> yeah. Is he even going to bother turning up? I mean that. That is just rude. There are some things in life that I think you should always respect. Imagine one of them being the Nobel Prize. No, I mean that's pretty. That's pretty good. But do you? You just get automatically entered in it, don't you? It's not as if like you. I don't imagine they have a running awards style sixteen month um, preamble for the for the Nobel Prize where everybody most, every, most every, Facebook lights gets physicist yeah, of the year. Yeah. I'd love it if if like Mo Farrow was like that. Like he'd win a race, but just couldn't be ter- didn't turn up for the medal ceremony. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> just can't be bothered. Yeah, whatever. Oh. Just bring it to me. I'm not standing up there. I'm not listening to nothing. <laughs> That's true. Actually, they always turn out in their full track suits, and it'd be great if someone just properly dressed up in like disco style <laughs> or, their, or their nightgown, you know, ready to hit the town because they're on the lash. <laughs> they are celebrating. They're in their shoes. You go. never get anyone who's half cut who's just been on the lash solidly since they've won. But don't they? It's it's weird, isn't it? The the, the amount of time between the end of the race and the, and the uh, award ceremony. Because sometimes, and I don't know whether you know, because there's lots of races going on, you'd notice this. But I don't know if there's a set time. But it always seems like it's a really awkward time. It's not like minutes after it. It's an awkward time, like half an hour after it or something. So it's like I thought not it was an... even more than that. I thought it was the next day. No. Yeah, I'm sure they they then have to come in and you you have to depending on the sport allow grounds for appeal and all these other mandatory timings. And so no. I, I think you you don't finish and get the medal. I think it is you know, several hours, sometimes a day or two. Really? I'm sure. Like I'm sure. Like on that day when they won, like whatever they called it. Super Saturday or something like that or something rubbish like that they were all giving them I don't know it, it confuses me because sometimes they look like they literally just come off the track 
and they've had not had yeah. it, they've done their lap of honour and they've gone straight onto the podium. And other times it looked like they've gone had a cup of tea, had a shower, had another shower, and then come back. You're like, I don't, I don't understand what the who who comes up with those timings. Yeah, yeah, it's probably television or if um if uh, if anyone could be bothered to Google it, um yeah, let us know. That'd be that'd be really interesting. What to make it up? Just make, <laughs> just make it up. It doesn't matter. Just just add the bad boy guarantee to the end of it. <laughs> the good thing is about there was a time when everyone used to Google for facts, but now people don't do that anymore. People just can't be asked to Google. <laughs> you to can't find even out. Google it. Yeah, unless you can, what is is what you do is you ask the person who's created a post or created event, and then you ask him the most obvious question so that he then has to take the time to then respond to you to give you the answer, rather than typing in Google because that would obviously save everyone time. People don't do that. People are just incredibly lazy now, and just even having to switch to a different browser too much work. Well, that's why that's why the voice thing's coming in with Google, isn't it? Because people can't be bothered to type it, and so eventually it'll just be much easier to just say it. Like you're talking to yourself. Oh. And eventually, you won't even have to talk it. You'll just have to think it. Oh, so do you think there'll come a time when, if you're drunk in the pub, <laughs> we'll, it, we'll all have these watches or these sunglasses or these chips in our eyes and someone will be there just talking utter bullshit and everyone around the table is having these Google updates. Utter bullshit. <laughs> true fact was, it was actually Germany, 1922. No, no, true fact, it's five people, not 100,000. Oh, actually, it came incredible. second from last. That would be incredible. It, like, yeah, instant fact-checking as we're talking. Oh, oh I'm man. sure someone could do that with some of our episodes. Like, like just go through it, literally, timestamp each one, wrong, wrong, wrong. It would incorrect. take hours, though. It would take <laughs> so long. It's like a, a version of QI where they were talking about the... <laughs> yeah. The number of facts that I think the all information about a third of it is wrong within ten years. Like all all facts we genuinely believe to be facts, then are proved to be wrong at some point. In I, the, I love the, the I love the amount of stuff that we learned in school as fact, and now now like half of it isn't fact anymore. You're like, oh, how did that change? I mean, I know that that science to some extent moves on as things are proven and disproven, but things you know. How many planets are there in the solar system now? I think it's eight, isn't it? It's eight, yeah. Oh, no, but maybe it's nine. Because there's this... They they obviously discounted Pluto, but then further out from Pluto, they found something that they assumed was an asteroid, but actually is larger than Pluto and is closer to... I think it's, it's known as a dwarf, a dwarf planet. They've actually had to create a new term yeah, that but- isn't what pluto is but, but pluto is a, is a dwarf planet pluto is now officially a dwarf planet well then maybe so... it's a midget planet or <laughs> but something what i want to know is... what i want to know is what extra evidence they get to make this this thing what what do, what turns up in the post for them to go oh wait a minute all these years all these years we thought it was a real planet and now it turns out it's a dwarf planet what what didn't well, they so know before did... yeah and why at what point did they go yeah. Okay. Let's let's change all the books. I, Do you think maybe it was conspiracy. the encyclopedia guys? It's a conspiracy. It's called Dawling Kindersley conspiracy theory. They're going okay. We're you know we're having bad year for revenue. Bad year. How do we yeah. get all the schools to update their books? Yeah. Right, Pluto. You're taking one for the team because the thing is they're thinking about is that they're going to reinstate Pluto 
as a planet as well. Oh, possibly. Clever. And you're like, oh, nice, nice. So every other year they just alternate. Yeah, exactly. Planet, non-planet, planet. Planet, sun, no. Sun's not part of our solar system anymore. Well, um, talking about facts. <laughs> Let's get back to the bad boy running A to Z. <laughs> bad boy running A to Z. Was that any kind of a segue? <laughs> here is a fact. And we're starting here with K. K. Catherine Ryan. Catherine Ryan. Well, well, this this is the the great mystery of the podcast. No, because most, the thing is, most people think it's just something that's made up. Unless you've properly listened to it, they do actually think your relationship with Catherine Ryan is is something made up and completely false. Uh, <laughs> and, and the fact that it has a basis in fact makes makes it probably one of the more accurate facts of, of the whole to <laughs> set. <laughs> one of the most Shoot. improbable yet factual. Go on, explain. Interesting, interesting. So, Catherine Ryan is is often mentioned on the podcast as, um, in in many ways, a dream woman of mine, I'd say. Or at least an attainable woman of mine. Um, (laughs) I like like the downgrading of that. Dream, (laughs) stroke, well, attainable. Well, I think that there is a gradient in life, isn't there, where you go from the obtainable and you think... And there's the kind of girls that like you and you think, yeah, some of them are pretty bropey. Then you go into the next level, which are girls that like you that you think, actually, I quite like them. Then there are girls that you like that don't like you. And then there are, and I'd say Catherine Ryan was in the fanciable but attainable section. So, whereas I, there love are definitely... I love this insight. I love this insight <laughs> into this strata. Well, in... You know, when you go on a dating website, oh you... God. Oh, my God. I suppose you have, yeah, you have a different different level of thinking there, don't you? Absolutely. I mean, <laughs> you you could email every girl on there who you think's beautiful and amazing. But we all know you're not going to get a 10 out of 10, probably because she's dull as shit, but also because um, you're not a 10 out of 10 and she's not going to fancy you. So... There does come a little bit of uh, self-analysis, self-awareness. Is this, is this like a, um, an, an emotional equivalent of um, choose the races where you can podium? <laughs> <laughs> She's my rat race. <laughs> She's my <your> rat race. <laughs> Absolutely. Rat race Ryan. <laughs> rat race Ryan. As we, that's brilliant as we now know her. Rat race Ryan. <laughs> Exactly. Why run a race where you're going to finish in the bottom half? Unless you're trying to get in the bottom half, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? But, um, yeah, so Catherine, Catherine was someone who, um, who I successfully Facebook stalked and uh, met with a few times. And that's where all the stories came from. And now it's just uh, a mythical did it happen? Did it not happen? What happened? All of this, and, and no other details can be revealed, I'm afraid. But uh, that's Catherine Ryan, Rat wow. Race Ryan. Oh, Rat Race Ryan. Oh, that's excellent. So, um, so when's she coming on the podcast? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I don't know how much she knows about running. Probably on a par with us. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's never been a prerequisite. But she, she really doesn't like sport or running. In fact, after we... Um, 
after we last saw each other, she then started saying in her routine, I think sometimes on television as well, about, oh, you, stay, you know, yeah, blokes, what are they doing training for marathons? They're never going to win them. And, uh, and she started having a go at the fact that I was training loads. <laughs> Wait a minute. Is, that, is the fact that you felt that you had to try and win those marathons a direct reaction? When we call a rat race Ryan, actually, there's some deep-seated emotional need to, to, to get validation from her. This is, this is turning into a sad, sad story. It's, and, and actually, it all makes complete sense because all of the races, the rat races, are all up you know, really large uh, hills, mountains, all of that. All, all I wanted to do was summit with Ryan. Rat race Ryan. <laughs> I wonder where, where that was going. <laughs> or nowhere, sadly. Yeah, okay. as as life, life mimicking, mimicking art or yeah. art mimicking life. But it went, life. but it went downhill quickly. That's the, that's <laughs> the other downhill. thing about the mountain running. Yeah. Okay, well, Summit, Summit will be under S, which hopefully we'll get to during this episode. I don't know if this is going to... I've, I've pushed this as a two-parter, but let's, let's hope, let's hope. So, okay, so the next one, K. K is for... K for Kit. Kit. So what... what uh, I mean, you put this down there. What, what would you like to say about Kit? I didn't put this down. Did you not? No. <laughs> it's not one of mine. I don't remember putting Kit down. Has Eddie, the, the producer, now got power on to, to edit our bad boy running idea sheet? What is, there, what is there to say about kit? It's essential. It, yes, wearing stuff. Essential for racing. <laughs> well, they're always essential, but I would say pretty much essential. Is there, has there been anything about kit that's been funny or weird? I don't think so. I mean, we've, we've mentioned previously things like camel toes, but other than that, I think I mean, we've got our preferred kit. We've done an episode on... Have we done an episode on kit we love? I don't think we have. I think we briefly mentioned it. That's a good episode. That is a good episode. Yeah, I mean, possibly under Kit. We didn't mention it at D. My favourite bit of Kit, you know what's coming. What? The dry robe. Oh, my God. Maybe that's why it's in there. Yeah, I had to sneak it in. What I, what I find really interesting is the difference in Kit between different runners. Like, uh. I didn't realise... When you, you know, when you were talking about um, in OCR, people all kitted up in some way... When I think about yeah. that, and I think from an ultra point of view, I have a very definite idea of what I'm looking, at, what I'm thinking and looking at. In OCR, I'm like, it's a whole different like genre of kit. It's yeah, yeah. and it's all designed to be photographed as well. That's the difference. But no, no ultra runner expects to be photographed. Whereas social media friendly OCR, yeah. everyone's got vests and tattoos and all sorts of stuff going on, ready for the for the gun show. But it's interesting as well how you can have different brands completely dominate a sport that's so close to another sport, but no one would wear it. Yeah. So you might suddenly have Under Armour really popular in one in in OCR, but then nothing in running. And um, it's 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 really interesting how you can see actually how marketing or how um, just having a few individuals who are influential can just change the whole landscape of a sport. Yeah, but um, what else? What else are we going to say about Kit? Uh, well, maybe we should do an episode on Kit we love. I That'd mean, be good actually. My... We get the do batters that all talk about a piece of Kit that they they can't live without. That they love. Well, yeah, there's two, actually, that's two things, isn't it? A piece of Kit you can't live without that you always end up. Because I think we talk. I think I think we mentioned something like this actually on an episode we were talking about some aspects of Kit where um, why everyone everyone's got a um, a buff. 
everyone's got a buff, like the amount of buffs, but then it turns out that not everyone, some people have actually paid for a buff before. Well, I've got yeah, hundreds. Yeah, who knew? I know, <laughs> I know. But also, I find there are some, there's some bits of kit that I, I just can't throw away. I'm too emotionally attached to them. Even trainers now. I've got to the stage with um, my first pair of added, added zeros where I've been using duct tape to try and tape <laughs> up the holes because I just love them so much. And the great thing is the more trainers wear down, the lighter they become. So the faster they are. Brilliant. So these these trainers are now done over a 1,000 miles. Yeah. And... They well, one pair of my under zeros are still. I reckon I can get to two thousand. That is my aim. The other ones, though, have completely fallen apart, and I know I need to throw them out, and I can't go running in them. But ah, oh, I just the emotional attachment. I love that pair so much. Ah, oh. I'm in. I'm in. It's a really different. Actually, I'm in a, like, a really difficult situation because I when I was. Um... When I was writing for like um, uh, the running magazines and stuff, and I was doing like kit reviews and everything, I built up a massive like stack of kit. Like, I've, yeah, you know, like I think we've you know we've mentioned this before. Like, saying twenty two pairs of running shoes, loads and like loads of kit and stuff. Amazingly, not that many shorts. I've had to buy shorts constantly. Um, yeah, but I'm now starting. The, the shoes are starting to run out, um, and I still have like you know um, like some great pairs of shoes. But I realise that when I come to the end of them. Those shoes don't exist anymore, so I'm like, yeah. being, you know, I'm, I've not had to buy, buy a pair of Brooks shoes for like four years. But when I come to the end of it, I don't know what they're going to be like. I don't, I have, you know, I have not no experience about you know, what the shoes going to be like. I'm, it's like I'm going to have to rediscover yeah, you're running shoes. Yeah, unbelievable. Well, that could that could be quite an interesting episode when you get to that stage because I I'm knowledgeable about quite a few things in running. I wouldn't say running shoes is one of them because. I've not tried lots of them. I I can wear pretty much any pair and they seem to be fine with me as long as they're size 10, doesn't matter what it is. And I haven't got huge preference other than the lighter the better and the cheaper the better. So it'll be great if when you decide to next to buy a pair, you actually go out and do some proper reviews and we can do some really objective, informative insight. Yeah, well, does another podcast want this? Want this? <laughs> no, no, but it's true. But it's true. The thing is, I always thought, even though I reviewed shoes, I always thought shoe reviews are weird because you have a you have a brand and you stick with it, and that's it. Yeah. And all and all, the only thing you ever want to know is is the next version of this any good? And that's all you really need to know in terms of yeah. shoes. Is it the same as the last? Is it the same, or is it, or has it gone shit? And if it's gone shit, then I will tr- I will try other things. Um, yeah. But, yeah. but that really is it in terms of shoes. But then it's going to come to a point where actually I'm going to go, right, I need... Because, I mean, like the other thing I realised was that the amount of shoes, new shoes and new shoe brands are on the market that I've just not even heard of. Um, oh, it's incredible. Yeah. Um, so, and, yeah. So, but also, the there's all these new shoe brands, but it's when you suddenly realise... Because I've been doing this with Freestack where there's seven, supposedly seven big shoe brands and there's all these other ones that, like, is it called On? And then Hokers and... But actually the real trouble for them is how do they get into a shop because there's so many more shoe brands and people give a shit about yeah and if you go into runner's need anything like that sports direct you don't really want to see sports direct when, when has anyone ever gone to sports direct and found a pair of shoes that you can run in absolutely <laughs> sure I th- cheapest is chips oh my well, god i get, I, I get uh, it for my socks that's for sure but um 
yeah the, the the trouble now is if you bring out a new shoe even if you brought out the most incredible pair of trainers yeah like the best you'd have to be able to convince these shops that it, you're they're going to sell more than adidas nike asics probably those three brands but maybe they've got, they've got that tied up haven't they there's no way you're going to break into that you the best thing you do is get in with someone like sportshoes.com or, or, or you know one of those yeah. big ones and get them to promote it or hey have you noticed like colin he, he's been given some of those on running shoes i'd never heard of them i, I had seen them I, I i saw them briefly um when i was writing a feature about like the future of running and about different type what they're going to do with different types of soles and stuff like that and so yeah. I'd seen them that, but then I'd never heard of them. I never heard of them again. And then he's popped up because they've obviously sent him some stuff. Um, and I've also I've also had a quite a few come of his Facebook YouTube adverts by them, where it's it's a nice idea actually. I haven't seen the follow up, but they've taken quite a few influencers who are doing I think the Boston Marathon. Yeah, maybe is it maybe it was New York, and the day before the marathon, they made them switch to on trainers which is well we'll see what they say we'll see what they do there's this whole if, if they're clever they'll just take people that have forefoot running styles and they'll switch them and, and it won't make any difference because if you've got a forefoot running style there's no impact on on how you land it's really easy and so you can wear any shoe and so they'll be able to say we took all these runners you're always told never to switch running shoes and wear them in these guys all did it they didn't get a single blister they got pbs but um it'd be interesting to see what actually happens and if that is the case or if they've fixed it all along and they've got to wear these shoes they should, they should play shoe roulette and then what they do is there's lots of different brands and makes and they've got 10 people and they play shoe roulette and like one of them gets like you know these those on running ones and then one of them gets some vibrams and then you've got to run boston marathon in them like for the first time barefoot <laughs> oh god that'd be amazing you wouldn't make it past two miles <laughs> But talking about kit as well. So on uh, last night, I went to Good Gym for the first time. Good Gym. Yeah, yeah. I'll talk more about it in an, another episode because it's really interesting what it is, how it's come about. And actually, I want to go a few more times before I kind of report back on my experiences. But um, I turned up and I hadn't really been thinking that much about what I was wearing. I just put on the latest, <laughs> the you? latest clothes. I was really. <laughs> who, who would have thought that i hadn't just put the uh, any old shit on as usual but i got there and the i'll explain the concept the idea behind good gym is in, instead of using your energy by going to a gym you actually have a workout by putting your energy to good use and um, so it could be that you're doing some gardening somewhere or doing painting and you run there you do this active activity uh, and then that helps out the community and you run back so I turned up and I suddenly realised that no one else was wearing. So I, I looked down. I was wearing a London marathon top. I had um, I can't remember the, the even the my shorts were branded with something ridiculous. Everything about me said, "I'm keen for you to know that I run all these races." And <laughs> I <shove> it down. <laughs> and I just looked at myself and thought. Oh my god! I look like a massive bell end because everyone else is in functional running kit, just about. But actually, because we're going to be doing some potentially gardening or potentially painting, they're in kit that they don't want to get too. They don't mind getting too too dirty or messy. And I'm there in all this um, 
proper running kit because that's all I have now because every time I pace the London Marathon I get full set of kit for free obviously when you do races you get proper technical tops whenever I've been <coughs> getting sponsored kit for BMF Racing or Innovate I've been getting proper shorts so all my kit now is branded to the shit you know branded all the way up so I just looked around and thought oh my god I'm such a knob <laughs> so that that's that's a kit story you got you got to choose your kit for the right time right place that's amazing oh god oh god but, but on to L, L. Oh, what there's two L's one what, of them is wonderful one of them's not so wonderful L for love and then one L of an L which one <laughs> do you start with let's start let's start with the good news <laughs> so we we touched on this with B for beer but Liège. Liège. Oh, we always have Liège. Always have Liège. What, what I loved about beer lovers, and what I loved about Liège is that no one really knows what to expect from Liège. I mean, like, you hear yeah. about the football team, standard Liège, occasionally crops up some Champions League thing or something like that, and you think, oh, well, yeah, they'll be an easy like thing. But you go, oh, yeah, the beer lovers in Liège. And you're like, you know, I, I, I can't see what Liège has to do with beer in any way. Um, and even Liège, you think, yeah, it's... um. France, Belgium, Luxembourg. <laughs> it. It's, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was probably fought over heavily at some point. There was, <laughs> there, it, it's changed hands a lot, I'm sure, or, or something like <laughs> yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you know nothing about it other than it's in that area, Flanders-ish region, maybe. I think it had like a really, like a really sort of dull. When we look, I think when we first realised that the, it was in Liège, uh, we looked it up on. Um, like Wikipedia or something, there was a really dull stat about it having like like the most amount of tables or something in Europe or something like that. It was there was something really really boring about it that made you think, oh right, well, no wonder everyone drinks. Um, well, I think that's the perfect place to have. I mean, you, it's like New Year's Eve. You go, you don't go out to Times Square where you can't get to toilet, and you can't beer, and you can't buy beer. You go to a shit pub and you make it incredible. Yeah. Yeah, same I mean, with this. This, Lie- this is this is like Liège's like pride. I would say it's like it's moment. It's moment where like everyone can because the thing you loved about it was like that's the most amount of people the citizens of Liège have ever seen because they <laughs> they they came out to the streets and they were cheering. They were like the antithesis of a Paris marathon, like the total yeah. opposite. Yeah, whereas they, you know, the spectators in Paris spit on you as you're running by. They're disgusted you're running in their city. The age that they're so like joyful and happy that you're there. Even when I was doing a poo against a tree, <laughs> I was getting beached from the cars. I think they were cheers. I think they were cheers. <laughs> as I was apologising in shame. But staying but, on that subject, let's move on to the other L. L. Wow. Wow. Do you want me to introduce it? I don't know. The thing is that we should talk about this under N, really, shouldn't we? But maybe, yeah, I think, well, just let you, you just sum this. I don't really want to talk about this much. I think we so, just sum this up in a, like a single paragraph. I don't think we can actually say his name still for legal reasons. But <laughs> there is a gentleman whose name starts with L, um, the man that cannot be named, who has to date, well, prior to, prior to Jody. He was synonymous, synonymous, synonymous. I can't speak today. (laughs) He'd been running the UK OCR um, and his role in that has has been questioned. There's been many mistakes and 
we'd mentioned this with James, which all got completely cut from the podcast. So um, you were none the wiser. I think you're probably thinking, well, I'll give the guy the benefit of the doubt. So then within a six-week period, first we had Tough Guy, where it's been a tradition for 30 years, 31 years, I think, for the last one. The same announcer, the uh, the Ghost Squad always do their thing. They bang their drums. There's quite a big build-up to the start. And the start's very specific in that you, you have to pay at least £100 or have done it a certain number of times to be on the front squad. Then, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You, it's impossible to win tough guy unless you've done it before or you pay to on the front squad oh. because so many people want to do it and they it's their way of encouraging you to come back. And, and fair enough, you know, if you've done it every year, why shouldn't you start in a better position? Um, so he was given a microphone, a megaphone to go and give to the, the gentleman that every year from the very first tough guy announces the starts. And... For some reason, he decided that while he had the megaphone, he'd make use of it. And so he started geeing up the crowd. He started leading a little warm-up of his own. And before you know it, he'd started the race <laughs> without the others being involved. There was mayhem because it, it's quite a dangerous hill you come down to start with because there's a stampede. You come down this really steep hill which only the front squad come down to begin with and then everyone else is queuing. And apparently there was just mayhem, a stampede. No one really knew what was going on. So following that debacle, um, he was then the announcement nuts. What damage nuts. could he do there? Seriously, what damage could he do? Yeah, and it's, I mean the, the role of announcer there, his legitimate role is mainly to G people up, to make people, people feel positive and to cheer them in. Uh, but Nuts having started at three minutes past eight and Wayne, the uh, the founder, and I think Rosanna, who was one of the marshals as well or someone involved, had both said the cutoff time is going to be six hours from 8.03. So at bag on two o'clock, then makes the call that the cutoff is now three minutes short of the actual cutoff time. And Jody. 41 seconds after two o'clock runs in doesn't make the cutoff even though according to the rules of wayne rosanna the official rules the, yeah. the actual rules the yeah. rules of the race as but i uh, decided to call it without conferring with anyone um so he's now become i wouldn't say he's your favorite person is he Oh, I'd say he's a fucking nemesis now. <laughs> the thing is, I don't even, I still don't really know who he is. I, I, I just, I, he just goes around, every, everything I hear about him, it just, everything he touches turns to shit, it seems. I can understand why people are angry in the OCR world, because he's, he's started to invade the other, other races. Like, literally, any time, time anything bad crops up now, it's, <laughs> it's on him. So, I mean, in a way, he is your Voldemort, because for the he first is. two or three Harry Potter books, you don't see him. He's just a rumour. He's just he's a rumour. A... <laughs> no one believes you. No one believes you. He could be causing all this chaos. No, no, it can't be him. It can't be him who, who's changing the cutoff. He doesn't have the power to do that. Exactly. All this devastation's happening. <laughs> people, people can't believe it. It is, it is the man that shan't be named. So, so that is for L. Is for your new nemesis. Oh God, I don't, I don't need another one. Anyway, let's move on to um. M. In fact, we've, we've covered quite a few of the M's already. Yeah, well, we've got Marks in there again for, for Richard yeah. Marks, who um, 
uh, who we talked about, we were talking about Howard Marks, and of course we've got um, M for, for, for Mike Bushel. <laughs> <laughs> and his best bits. But M for Milkshake. Oh, Milkshakes. Now, this is this is a occurring theme, and actually I'm surprised there wasn't a single Milkshake at Winter Nuts. Well, I, th- I imagine there would have been had that final lap um, happened. I think I don't yeah. think anyone. I think people were quite you know, quite sensitive to the fact that having thrown a milkshake at me at that point um, would have been a bad thing to do. It's like when it's if you've ever been to a girl's birthday party oh, where she hasn't quite got what she wants. You know, there's some shit presents, and no one wants to say anything because you know the next thing you say could make her cry. Yes. That was you and the milkshake. <laughs> yeah, it was. It's like, there, was there, there could have been milkshakes hidden and everyone's sort of going, we're not going to be able to do it, are we? We're not going to be able to throw it. We have waited 12 months for this and we're not going to be probably, able to... There's a Mr. Whippy van just around the corner. <laughs> Just about to come out with just shit loads of milkshake ready for you. And, and everyone's like, like, it's now the time. And they're like, going to stand down. You've got to stand down, guys. <laughs> this, isn't, this, this can't happen. I like the idea of Ronald McDonald's there, or Smiley, <laughs> with his milkshakes. And they're like, sorry, Ronnie. And he's like, oh. And has to slowly walk off. <laughs> so explain to us why strawberry milkshakes. So the strawberry milkshake comes from a story when I was... Um, when I was training for something and I, I used to go out for long runs um, at the uh, at the weekend. And so I'd go out and it would, you know, I'd go out at like half five or something. And this one time I went out and it must have been like six o'clock, half six in the morning. I, I can't really remember. And I was running, yeah. um, you know, in, in, the, in a place called Shoreham, um, which was almost it's like an industrial estate type thing. And, you know, there's no one around. It's like no one around at all. It's like deadly silent. You think, you know, nice, quiet running. And all of a sudden... This car, fl- you know, sort of like appears from, well, I don't appear from nowhere, it was on the road, but this car like belts around the corner. I've got it in my mind it was a Saxo or, or some boy racer car like that. And yeah. it sort of like sped like in, in sort of like my direction and everything. And for some reason, like someone decided to throw a milkshake at me, a strawberry milkshake. So all, <laughs> I, I didn't really see what happened, but all, the thing that happened next was it didn't hit me. The thing that happened next was the strawberry milkshake was crashing against the side of this, like um, the wall next to me, and and it was <laughs> and it was full as well. It was like there were so many aspects to it that didn't make any sense. Firstly. <laughs> Right. Why they're out that early? Two, why they've got a full milkshake? Why would they throw it? Why, why would they throw a full milkshake at someone? <laughs> but it's as though like someone planned it. It, was, it really felt like someone, it was like a planned thing. And then I didn't see anyone again for like another two or three hours. It was just the weird, you know, when you stand there and you're like, I don't really know, I don't really know what happened there. Did then, you do the classic thing where you kind of ran your finger in a little bit of it and licked it and like that? <laughs> Strawberry milkshake. When it after it happened, I had to keep saying to myself, "Was was that a dream? Did that really happen?" <laughs> when I talk about it now, I'm thinking, "Oh, is it one of these false memories and stuff?" But it, it really did happen. And the, what reminded me is that only it was like only a couple of months ago that I was just walking along the road and someone decided to throw a biscuit at me, which I don't, again I do. That's great. I, I think biscuits quality. Having stuff thrown at you. Um, and like abuse being given and stuff, I think I thought that was quite normal um, for like a lot of runners, <laughs> but but apparently it's not. 
It's not. No, that I've only ever had Run Forest Run is about as original oh, as people that's have shit, got, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So dull. But in my head, it's the guy from the In Betweeners who's thrown it. No, no. Did you hear the thing that um, uh, Lee uh, said about? Um, he thinks it's some kind of bizarre time travel story by Re- Robert Zemeckis that actually it, this is going to all turn out that it's us in the car throwing a milkshake <laughs> at me. It's some weird Bill and Ted type, you know, alternative reality thing where <laughs> we're, because it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense in any other situation. Why, we're, you know, we go, oh, we've got to get to this place at this time and throw the milkshake to make sure that everything else happens afterwards. Oh, so maybe like in Bill and Ted's, there's this future dream that they're going to be able to play amazing music. Maybe that's the podcast. This is, yeah, eventually we'll be, this podcast will reunite the planet, but we have to make, but we have to make sure it happens. And it's only, only through throwing that milkshake that it happens. So we need to, you're saying that people need to throw more strawberry milkshakes at you to save the world. No, no, you need to (laughs) please see the previous uh, letter. That's where your milkshakes should be thrown from now on. Uh, Catherine Ryan. <laughs> yes. Oi, Rat Race Ryan. Rat Race Ryan. How do you get so rich? Please do not do that, people. Please no. do not do that. <laughs> that would be incredibly weird. Your Honour, Your Honour, uh, I was told by the Dubada community that I was permitted to throw milkshakes at Catherine Ryan. I was trying to get a milky mounting. <laughs> So yeah, that's 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 milkshakes. We've got we've got monkey tennis um, as another M, but we, I think we've we've already mentioned monkey tennis, haven't we? We have indeed, and and we've plugged them enough, haven't we? Oh yeah, we've plugged them enough. But if you listen to that, you're evil. But uh, it brings us on to MDS, Marathon de Sable. Marathon de Sable. Now I think this is known around the world. I don't know how well it's known in North America as a race. No. I don't know. I, I, yeah, I, I know what you mean. It's weird. Because it's, it's quite rare. For, I mean, last year they had a couple of big names um, come out from the States to race it. Um, and I, I think they've had the, the odds runner or two. But there's, I, don't think it, I don't think it's really taken the imagination of Americans in general. I'm not sure if they do multi-days in the same way. Their big yeah. races tend to be all in one go, don't they? Yeah. Yeah, they do. Like, the like Western States and yeah, that's Barclays, Badwater. Yeah, I don't even but, think uh, I don't even think things like Barclay. I don't think that's really that well known either in the US. I, I, I mean, like that that has become better known simply because of that Netflix thing. Yeah, that's true. Actually, if you yeah, were, and, if it wasn't for that Netflix, I mean, like, still no one would no one would know what the hell they're talking about. And that's about. probably true globally, actually, not just the states, but anywhere. Yeah, but Marathon de Sable. I mean that. To a certain extent, that's where our, our friendship formed. Um, you know, we met on Sierra Leone. We'll talk about that later. But uh, it was your—it was the first time that I actually had a kind of ounce of respect for you. Is when, like, <laughs> <laughs> so when I found out you completed that, I thought, oh, maybe it's not just a, a buffoon. Fair play, fair play. Well, thank you, thank you very much. <laughs> but it's I was a different up. man. I was a different man back then. I. I, I, I think it's one of those ones. I, I can't. I love it because it, it, as we're recording this, it's coming around to Marathon de Saab time, mm. and um, and we've got a massive bunch of do-badders doing it. I mean, that's just wow, just superb. Um, yeah. 
And yeah, we're going to sort on stuff. But it just, all of it, it just brings back, it just makes you feel so wonderful about it. I just, I love it so much. I, I, but I've realised that I can't ever go back and do it. Yeah. Because um, it just, I it think won't you, be as you good. can with your son in 20 years' time. Possibly. That's when it becomes appropriate. That's when it becomes, you know, your memories are so far away yeah. that you, it, it will be completely new as a yeah. race. But then you are, like, you, like, yeah, I was trying to find um, horrific photos um, from from the race in order to put up to encourage all of the uh, all the MDS runners in our Facebook group, and um, and you just end up just like looking longingly at them, just going oh oh I wish my feet were ruined like that. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I remember you saying um, I get all misty eyed about this, but I remember you you were very skeptical as as to whether you'd get all misty eyed about it and whether you because you, know, you you always heard people going oh it's so wonderful and oh, you love the desert and stuff like that. And I think you were very sceptical about that until you did it and then you, and when you came back because you were probably not as romantic about it, but you do, you, 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 there is something about it that makes it different from a lot of other, yeah. a lot of other events. Absolutely. I mean, it, it is the poster boy of tough, I'd say. Yes, yes. So in the same it's the way... London Marath- it's the London Marathon. It's like the next stage. I would say it's like the London Marathon of... Um, of ultras. Of ultras, yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Particularly if you're British, it might be slightly different, and or French. I think it's different in in most other countries, mm. but particularly amongst those two nations, it is the the one race that people refer to a benchmark or, or actually have a concept of. Um, whereas if you talk ultras with any other race to the average person on the street, they have no idea how hard, what it is, um, anything like that. Um, but I mean, the, the thing that the things about the MDS though, I've and I've I've been reading some inspirational quotes and things like that recently to try and come up with some funny ones, but I mean, all these things about experiences changing you and I'm, none of that's ever happened. I, I went there; it was exactly the same as uh, as when I went out when I came back. Um, but it is it's a it's a great race. I I would recommend anyone who's interested in running do consider it. It's expensive, but it's worth it. Yeah, it's and I think we're, we're here from like the G-Ballers. But the thing is, that when I, it's funny because when um, I went to like the Marathon Expo a couple of years after I did it, because um, yeah. I interviewed um, Patrick and, and stuff, and um, I was talking with a group of them, and every, every, <laughs> it was funny, everyone's lives had changed as a result. Like, and and it's, some, it's true, I, mine sort of did as well. I wouldn't, I'd never have been working for um, or moved into like health and fitness press. I'd never been running for uh, writing for men's running or even yeah. going to running as heavily. So it did, it completely changed. So that changed my career and then yeah. ultimately changed, you know, what I did after that. So it did, it had a massive effect, but that was only because of like the opportunity that came as a result of it. Well, I think it probably is, it's very life changing for people that haven't already you know, done hours and hours a week of training for a big race and done big races before. And so for, the majority of MDS competitors, they're not necessarily ultra marathon runners or even no. runners. And so, yeah, it is a huge yeah. change. Like, well, like the London Marathon is to a lot of people. Like the London yeah. Marathon, that'll yeah. be their only, their only big race that they ever do. It'll be, you know, and they'll say it's life-changing, but that'll mainly be, like you say, because of the training. You know, the amount of training yeah. they've done and it's this culmination of thing. Although in the MDS, you end up in a, in a fucking car park or something. It's, not, it's just the culmination. <laughs> the, the culmination isn't quite as, <laughs> quite as impressive as you but remember. I mean... I'll be interested to see if Bad Boy Running was a country, how big a country we'd be at the MDS this year. Oh, my God. Imagine if we could apply for that. 
if you could apply, if you could put on your census form, do badder as a religion. Yeah, because we are going to be bigger than, I think we'd be in Triathletes the top, world. top 30, 40 countries in the world. Oh, absolutely. I'd like we'll be bigger what? than America. Uh, or will we? I think so. Oh, I'm not sure. I don't know what, how would that manifest itself in, in what happens? We, we're planning a takeover. In fact, if, I think this is going to come out. In fact, yeah, it will come out just before the MDS is over. I think we need to get, once all the MDS guys have actually got on the plane and started, we need to make some predictions on how many we think are going to finish, oh, who's yeah. going to be first, do better, who's going to be first out, all these things. Who's going to be the fastest, fastest time? Be really interesting to see. And, you know, can a triathlete actually finish this? Can a triathlete? Can a triathlete? <laughs> <laughs> that's and, the ultimate question will will we, one triathlete finish the race <laughs> and we're going to be posting in the um the the do badder group each day a slightly different theme of abuse and it's up to the do badders to abuse as much as we can all the other do badders while they're there figure out their tent mates figure out their rivals just abuse them all in the most entertaining way possible well i think we i think i you know again this is another suggestion from lee i think you know we're, we're going to split into teams almost um um to make sure that we're, we fully cover all of the um all of the people out there um yeah and at the yeah. moment i'm very much team g law Team Gilog, which means which means an equal amount of support and abuse, I think. See, I've got a bet with uh, Claire about Pete, and Claire thinks he's going to finish in the top seventy-five. Right. I don't think he will. I think he'll be top one fifty, possibly top hundred. Not sure top seventy-five, but whoever loses has to carry a beer throughout the OM in Iceland in their backpack for the other person but is pete is pete carrying his kilo because if he doesn't that's instant disqualification surely no matter, i'm not sure no matter what what he runs he'll still lose to g-law i'm not sure what he's negotiated there so i had um, oh has there kevin. been a negotiation yeah kevin and carl who are from obstacle race magazine they were messaging me about the bet yeah. and pete was in <laughs> you know i mean Pete's Pete's so nice that he can never really be just just straight just fuck right off. <laughs> no, no, I got this. That's the beauty of all of this. <laughs> so he was saying in the strongest possible words, "I am not going to do this," um, and I was suggesting to him there are ways of faking doing things without necessarily doing them. Or and I think it's ended up with a negotiation where. Uh, I don't know what the result is going to be, but I think Pete's going to have to end up promoting the rival magazine somewhere in some capacity through Massacre. <laughs> and when it happens, I'm sure we're going to look at it and think, right, that has got to be what the penalty is. Because they paid 150 quid, which isn't a crazy amount of money, but then, you know, it's, it's quite a lot to actually pay yeah. for something to happen. So um, I, I'm not sure what what the the resolution is but um, oh, i can't wait to find I, out i think when we do an mds wrap-up which we, we certainly will I, I don't know how what form it's going to take whether we're going to get all the guys on just do a quick recap or do a kind of best of interviewing 10 minutes of each person um but we'll definitely bring that up and um i think i think that could become a new 
Josh Stevens, a Josh Stevens style um, so. punishment for Pete in the future. Yeah, I think. But so. moving on, moving on to N, we've mentioned it already. Nuts. <laughs> How are you feeling now? The same. Oh well, just even worse actually now that <laughs> L is involved. The fact that you know, I I did make the cut off really in real terms. It makes just makes it even worse. Perfect soap opera. It is the perfect. It's like it's been beautifully set up. Um, <laughs> I just. I thing is, I hope he isn't ousted. I want him to be there. I want him to be there next year. Or next year. Yeah. And what I hope is next year he has no idea what he's done, who you are, yeah. anything That's like that. That's exactly what needs to happen. And as I'm running in, as I'm running in on that fourth lap um, into the funnel, just someone to just hand me a milkshake. Just, <laughs> it will just be all so perfect. Slip a milkshake. Remember, yeah, I can't remember if we've talked about Winter Nuts in the first episode properly or not. What do you mean? In the, in the first, from A to K, up to J, did we mention Winter Nuts? Uh, no. Uh, uh, I don't know. Let's have a look. Is it? Well, you just check the, the document in front of us to see. Um, yeah, but I think there were there are elements of that where we might have yeah, cross-referenced okay. something about so, yeah, discussing so it. Explain then. Winter Nuts. So the whole thing about Winter Nuts is that we had a discussion um, on the first Pete Reese episode, um, Pete Reese from Monstacle episode, um, we were talking about obstacle course racing, and of course, the 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 thing that led to this was I was saying, you know, what is the what's the best race to do for a newbie for someone that's never done OCR before? <clears throat> and of course, the joke was, oh, four laps of winter nuts, and <laughs> and whatever and whatever <laughs> that, that it was my first OCR. It was the first OCR <laughs> that I'd ever done. <laughs> so of course, that was funny. But the the great thing about it was that it um it, it was a massive build up to it. There was this whole will will I won't I do it? I mean I think the majority of people thought I just wasn't going to turn up, um, yeah. and and I think there was yeah and, and the proper do badder thing would have been for me just <laughs> to not turn up, <laughs> wouldn't it? A proper hard DNS picture of me in bed still while it was all well, going on doing a park run instead. Oh god, what? Yeah, <laughs> no, that's not. It. Um, but yeah, and so it was. It was a build up to that, and so um, and it seems like this. You know, it's what what was going to be a one year build up is obviously turning into a two year fucking build up. Four <laughs> laps of winter nuts. And and the reason why we'd said winter nuts for people who aren't in the UK or who aren't involved in obstacle racing, uh, so Pete Reese is is probably the world leading expert on obstacle races. Um, I think I could say that actually even without a doubt that he, he is he's done more races than anyone else he's been doing them for years he's he's done hundreds and hundreds uh, even now he'll do several each weekend yeah. and he's and successfully he successfully killed all of um, the other experts um, he so he's murdered he's murdered his way do, <laughs> making them do winter nuts <laughs> yeah. but winter nuts has been, has always been seen as the hardest in our minds, the hardest obstacle race in the world. Now, there are now obstacle races which are you know, tough mudder, toughest mudder, which is a 24-hour race, is arguably harder. But Winter Nuts was the original, the four-lapper, where it's just grueling. It, it doesn't rely on huge obstacles to drain you. And, and if, you, if you have a chance, go onto the Mud School page and type in Nuts. And you'll see the video of Jody. It's, I mean, it's an incredible video. Really, really good documentary. But 
it's such a draining race and it, the real infamy stems from the fact that john album who is the triple world champion um also one tough guy at spartan world champs all of that he did winter he, he he did winter nuts and he ended up going to sleep on the third lap because he was so hypothermic the following year only eight people finished i think because it, it was just so hard and it, it's still got that reputation because it is so draining and uh, it's it's a little easier now in that people understand what to wear and how to fuel and people have go out there dressed in wetsuits and neoprene but yeah if you're wanting to take on a challenge in obstacle racing it's four laps of winter nuts so uh so moving, moving on, on. <laughs> from winter nuts to shouldn't, shouldn't this have been a number nuts. shouldn't this have been a number Oh, we could have started with it, we which we do the podcast. <laughs> yeah, I oh, know that would, it would be make beautiful. complete sense. Okay, so this one is '90s reggae music, probably not only the greatest genre of music, but the greatest <laughs> era of the greatest genre of music. <laughs> it's it's a Venn diagram of greatness. <laughs> <laughs> and well, I mean, the, it is quite unusual. Our love uh, for '90s reggae music. I don't know. I was trying to. I, was, I don't. I don't know if it is unusual. I think. I think we talked about the fact that reggae has disowned this decade um, <laughs> of music. Um, but um, but I, I think when we first realised um, that we had a shared love of nineties um, reggae music is when we were. Uh, what was it? The last ten miles of the South Downs Way One Hundred. Um, yeah. We just spent our time going through literally a jukebox of nineties reggae hits. Yeah. Oh, that, I mean, that's some of the favourite running moments in my life, I'd say. <laughs> and, and and if you're not, maybe you don't know 90s reggae music in, in the same way, you're not as old you as You don't us, know but... 90s reggae music. Just You <laughs> don't know 90s reggae music. Just just know that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But 90s reggae music is to reggae music what white rap was to rap before Eminem. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> apart from the beastie boys <laughs> yeah but um yeah we the, the final 15 20 miles of the south downs way 100 100 miler jody's first 100 miler we we're pacing together and we got to that stage in the race where we just needed energy didn't we we just needed something to pick us up you need We'd, you need your thing is you get you get to that point um the gels aren't working anymore um mm. the food's not working anymore you have to you have to call upon the gods to produce something filled with energy that will that will prope- that will move those legs and propel you to the end, and there was there was only really one one place to call for that, and that was. But you're the... almost hysterical, aren't you? <laughs> you're in that that strange area of laughter through through pain. Yeah, but yeah. we, I mean, we had some we hit some all time greats there. We had Shakadim and some pliers. Had Apache Indian. We had we had. Well, no, for, I think for about. An hour, we were trying to remember that it was um, who sang a la 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 long long li long long long. <laughs> and I think eventually, and, and it was, you, you refused to look it up on Google. And I think eventually we got it. I, no, or or was someone running past us and they told us what it was because we well, we were singing we this had, as we were going into a valley, so it was echoing up and down it. And I think as well, we had the were, two girls who joined singing as yes, well. Yes. Yes. And then the good thing about ultras is no one under the age of 30 does it. So actually, <laughs> when, we were, when we were singing 90s reggae music... Everyone, having the, same midlife, everyone having the same midlife crisis at the same time. So you're all, you're all good. You're all good. 
absolutely. <laughs> but um, we we should actually have a um, a do badder nineties reggae music night. Why don't like this is it? Okay, right. How about this? We don't have a um, a do badder nineties reggae music night. All we do is right. We're, Liège, they yeah. have a terrible, <gasps> terrible dress code. Yeah. We just go. <laughs> we go as nineties reggae. Stars. We don't black up. Don't no, not blacking up. We don't black up. Well, how many white reggae stars were there in the nineties? Um, oh, what was that one? Oh no, that wasn't reggae. Um. <laughs> black mountain. No. Oh, oh, big mountain. Big mountain. They, big sort, mountain they, they were reggae, weren't they? They weren't black. Yeah, they were yeah. Spanish reggae guys. Spanish reggae. Yeah, of course. Reality bites. Oh, we need reality bites in <laughs> reality there. Reality bites. I've put that next to real buzz. Yeah, that goes in. Right, that goes in. Okay, yeah, so I think 90s reg- Just, I think it would just be much... No one would get... It just, no one would understand it. They'd go, how, what is, how is this fruit and veg? <laughs> I, see that the, I don't think I've told you this story, but Pete's wedding, he was giving his, his speech. Where I just got married to Miller, doing the, the, the groom's speech. And he was having one of those poignant moments where he was, you know, when it was... You're doing some jokes and then you do the, but seriously, guys. Yeah. So he was. He was. He'd been asked by Claire's, uh, by Miller's dad, what is it that makes you tick, and he'd never. He'd felt satisfactorily come up with an answer, and to kind of prove his point, he was saying, "He's like, you know, it is hard to know what makes you tick." And he said, for example, you, what makes you tick? And they were like, "Uh, uh." He goes, "David, what makes you makes you tick?" Straight away, 90s reggae music. <laughs> it's the answer that he didn't want to hear. Because he, he was waiting for people to just be like, uh, I don't know. Uh, but as soon as I said that, obviously all my friends started pissing themselves because they're like, yep, he does like his 90s reggae music. <laughs> it just ruined the whole vibe of the wedding speech, for which I felt eternally guilty. But at the same point thought, yeah, that's pretty funny. <laughs> but anyway, anyway. <laughs> moving on moving on moving on from 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 one um oh no I'm, i was going to be rude there about ocr i'm not going to be rude about ocr we love ocr oh it's for ocr obstacle course racing oh i thought it meant optical character recognition what, what OCR, that's well OC, o, optical character recognition is so angry that OC, the obstacle course racing came along because they've stolen their um their abbreviation their acronym oh is that right that, so that oh, SEO sorry. is now. You mean, well, I'm, yeah. I'm not sure how much there is to say about obstacle course racing, other than I do a lot of it. I, no, I did a lot of it. I think the que- the big question is why is it on a on a running podcast? That's a good question. Well, I think it's is uh, there an, actually is there an OCR podcast? I think there is in the states. I'm not sure if there is elsewhere, but why? to a certain extent, I don't know if it's a big enough community. I, I think the there is the diehards, but there. They're all Mudsicle, and Mudsicle is the equivalent. That's the community. They do the website. Why, they do why is there not a Mudsicle podcast? I'm not sure. I think probably because people being so lazy? Yeah. What are you doing? <laughs> but no, shh, shh. It seems that the Mudsicle podcast really is about two-thirds <laughs> yeah. of our listeners. <laughs> but, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't do a Mudsicle podcast. Whatever. You just come on ours and we'll, yeah. <laughs> but actually, for when what obstacle racing has been great for it's introduced a lot of people into running who wouldn't have 
I think running has always had a bad rep with it's, individuals because it's like the race for life for proper running, isn't it? What? What? <laughs> I'm just, no, I'm just so I mean, obstacle race. Well, runners have always had a bad rep, I think, because the guy in the office who was a runner probably wasn't that social. Potentially quite autistic. It's a very solo activity. Runners clubs either have the impression of being elitist or cliquey. Oh my um, god! I, I'm going to write this down because I have got a terrible story. A terrible okay. story. Oh, that's that's made me think of something. You're absolutely right about runners. And so, there's a lot of people out there who I think would love running given the chance. But with running, your first run is never that pleasurable because it's bloody hard and you're ruined at the end of it and you don't feel like you're you're fast or succeeding. And so I think people tend to get into running who've come from other sports and then yeah. can't do them in their 30s. Because, you know, five-side football, the knees are going, or rugby and or hockey, whatever it may be. Um, whereas actually obstacle racing has, because so much of it is running, and also as the definition of what obstacle racing is blurs and so you get things like hell runner and you get the rat race races people have so many obstacle races now have got to the point where they love obstacle racing but actually because of price partly partly because of variation and um, they just love trail running and so it's brought so many people into trail running which yeah, is fantastic nice. really really cool but yeah i love obstacle racing it's um it's where it's really where the community behind bad boy runnings come from i'd say a lot of it yeah and um if you haven't done it before just get involved the great thing is there are very few courses that you can you'll do that are too hard to complete and even if you can't do every obstacle it doesn't matter it's, it's so much more about the fun the community than ra- running races yeah Such and remember course. if you've never done ocr make sure four laps winter nuts first one that you do make sure you do it I have, yeah. I have brilliant experience. But make sure that... Sorry. <laughs> yeah, he's not being make, sure he's, make sure he's there as well. <laughs> but moving on to P. P. Oh, there's a lot in this one, isn't there? Maybe we should, maybe we should get the 90s reggae um, one right up front on this one. And that's Pato. Start with we've, got to start with the, we've got to start with the king. Oh, Pato. Pato. Our spiritual leader. Oh, he's like... Yeah, yeah, he is like a spiritual leader. He's like the godfather. He um he gives us he gives it he opens us up he closes us off he does I can't think of any other podcast that has such strong music no no because the thing is we went Pato fundamentally knew what it meant um, to have the do badders on his side and that's why yeah. he he blessed us he did he blessed the Reverend us with Pato the, Banton so so basically we um. <clears throat> We, we started having discussions on how we ended up with the with music. Unlike a lot of other podcasts, we do actually have permission from the rights holder to, to play it. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of podcasts that clearly don't, which, are, you know, at some point they're going to run into some issue. Um, but, um, but yeah, we, um, we were having discussions about uh, 90s reggae music, as you do on a running podcast. And um, we were talking about, you know, brilliant, what, what I like, the best sort of 90s reggae and we were saying that you know pato banton it was just just <laughs> stunning and the more and it, was, it was also because i had a darts team which yes. we used to change our name every year to um partly because we kept on changing the number of teams and the group size but mainly because we'd get drunk and then play uh either lord of the board or 
king of the bling to decide whoever won that got to choose the team name and it used to really annoy Duncan who was in charge of our league so one year I can't remember why but I think I'd just been listening to 90s reggae and so we changed the team name to Pato Banton and Friends and because of that Pato Banton I think then became a, a mild obsession of ours yes yeah we constantly mentioned it. We, we wondered what he was doing you know whether whether you know whether even what where he was because like so many things and then we found out actually he's got he's still got like big career in the US and everything you know he's still and we so, found out he, he was from Birmingham he was from Birmingham yes and he's done a rap for Christmas on that, YouTube we, that we, only we, about we, 20 people have watched did you I, ages ago I posted a um a video that he, he'd done like a more a recent video um a music video for a um it's a song that's also a parable, but it's quite explicit in, in its message. It's called I Don't Sniff the Coke. And, um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but it's brilliant. The video is brilliant. It's like, this, it's, it's like 12 minutes, this song. And it goes over detail and he has like entire conversations with people, like rapping conversations with people in it. You should watch it. It's, it's Have you posted awesome. it in the group? Yeah, I did post it in the group very briefly, but it just shows what an absolute legend he is. And he plays his mum in it as well. It, it's just brilliant. <laughs> so, so you know, we had th- I had this idea that I didn't really I didn't really mention to you. I was trying to do, um, of you know, I, we mentioned oh yeah, we need to get hold of Pato and stuff like that. And then I found his I found his like um, details of his what's it called PR person and stuff, and um, and sort of chased chased them and, and do it. And, and then you know, I asked we asked for permission. And I did the whole thing about you know getting you know get in front of an, an audience and stuff like that. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, get in front of that. Just nice. gonna launch, relaunch. Yeah, exactly. Pato is coming back, and um, but and he and he and then he personally responded with uh, yes, absolutely, and it was just just <laughs> incredible. And so yeah, and so that's where that's where the hashtag thank you Pato comes from as well. If you're ever on Twitter. <laughs> and actually i've been intending to send him a podcast where we're doing the intro the first intro when you didn't tell me that it was coming and oh, the, yes. i then had to listen to the music no 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 and remember i told uh, no um i gave you the good news uh, i can't remember the podcast but i gave you the good news after after we interviewed someone and i don't think you could believe it and yeah yeah that's you know we'll, we'll find it but um but pato if you don't know pato just download his music. I mean, the great ones are obviously Baby Come Back. Uh, but he's, he's got the um, Bubbling Hot. He's got the Grooving, <laughs> Grooving on a Sunny Day. That's probably about it, to be honest. But um, check him out. Yeah. Bring Pate check back him into your download life. Download him. I think, if you, I think it, they've changed the rules there, haven't they? That if you, if you um, stream something a hundred times, it used to be a thousand times, but you stream something a hundred times it now counts as a sale in the singles chart or something yeah Um, i think they changed the rules recently i don't know maybe one of our one of the uh, music industry gurus we've got in our uh, in the uh, in the group can confirm that or not but we could get pato back into the charts you're just gonna have to listen to a lot of pato (laughs) but even though even though i you you constantly hear it i love it i just my love for it doesn't diminish (laughs) yes i love it it so much Anyway, from from Pato to Peeping Mo. Peeping Mo, oh, this is a this is a great one. So how how does this um, reminds to the story of this and how we how we came to the Peeping Mo situation? Well, I've been on a, I've been on a stag do in Copenhagen, and during that stag do on the Sunday, I'd uh, I'd woken up early and gone for to get my long running. I had no idea where I was, so. 
just headed to an area that looked green on the map and just started running around. So as I was running down these, these, these pathways, I saw what looked more like a trail to my left. I was quite excited by the idea of trail, ducked in. And as I was running through, I kind of caught a, a glimpse of these. First, there was a, a, a bike. It's like, okay, interesting. Then there was a towel laid out with some flip-flops. Then there were some clothes. And then I saw what I thought were two naked men, which was <laughs> a, a little bit weird. But I was moving kind of tight turns or this. And as I continued going, I just saw more and more men kind of noshing off and pounding. <laughs> Did you think you were back at school? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Had a flashback to my school days. Oh, Mumsy. I like the way. I like the way he's like, not when you see the first one, it, it bothers you. It goes, and I was seeing more and more men doing it. And you're just... <laughs> well, just... there comes a stage where you think, do I, you know, how long can this go on for? Do I just plow on? Because if I turn back, they're, they're going to be waiting for me. You know, do I just want to get through there? Get, just get through there alive, or run the gauntlet? Yeah. Just never, never turn back. Yeah, absolutely. So we were then discussing about. Um, I created a Strava segment of this um, so that other people hopefully would see and think, "Oh, that's a time I reckon I could beat." I'm going to try running through there. Um, and we decided we needed to come up with a, a name for for what I was doing. And so we decided, instead of a peeping Tom, you'd be a peeping Mo. Peeping Mo. That's great. And how would how would one apply the peeping Mo? Um, does it now um, mean any time that you go for a run and you inadvertently end up someone having sex? Watching no, someone I having sex. Just... So like if you go, like for example, if you accidentally you're, you're doing a trail run, you actually stumble across a load of doggers. Is that you being a peeping mo? Yeah, you're being a peeping mo for sure. Yeah. It's any time you catch a glimpse of a uh, bit of Rudy's. Bit of Rudy's. So, if, if, so if someone was out mounting, then um, in fact, did we did we say what mountain was? Mounting. Do we summiting? Yeah. Oh, summiting. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> Whoopsie. So if someone's out summiting, which we haven't mentioned yet, no, then um, you'd be and you you happen to catch a glimpse you're peeping mo name after the wonderful pervy mo farah <laughs> who isn't pervy in any way by the way for legal reasons there's no there's no basis of him looking oh, it's, it's, at... i like that you, you think he's pervy he's not pervy just for legal reasons so if it wasn't for the law <laughs> if it wasn't for the law he would be pervy, he pervy. like there was have, no you, tomorrow. have you seen that plastic that weird plastic box that he sleeps in no yeah you that was have. michael jackson no <laughs> no no, he sleeps. He sleeps in like a um, like an oxygen tent, doesn't he? Like oh, over his head. He? Yeah. Oh, interesting. Uh, did you did you not watch the documentary on him? I would have done, but I, I probably just forgot about it. <laughs> yeah, there was a documentary. He, he puts this thing over his head, and then he, like he has to get, come out of it to kiss his wife goodnight, and then put it back over his head again. <laughs> it's <just> the weirdest <laughs> thing you've ever seen. Oh yeah, that is quite freaky. But talking about so, weird, this is the next one's right, isn't it? Plenty of fish. Plenty of fish. We haven't talked about Poff for quite a while, have we? No, we haven't. Well, you haven't you haven't needed to, have you? No, I mean, it used to be a source of quite a few of our, our previous stories. Jodie's sister... My um... sister's not on Plenty of Fish. So <laughs> it has nothing to do with my sister. Are you sure? Are you sure? So, like, Plenty of Fish is like the Ryanair of dating sites, isn't it? 
Yeah, absolutely. So if you look for something I want to love, but I'm not prepared to pay for it. That's that's yeah, yeah. But so for quite a while, plenty of fish was one of my main methods of communicating with the fair sex with the outside world, (laughs) just generally the outside world. That's right. (laughs) It's where I met. um, In fact, I uh, I met Aline Aline. Oh really? Yeah, I saw her on Wednesday. She was at a food show that I was at. And she was on. So Aline was the, the, the lady who I missed a, a date with on the very first episode of the podcast. And she was on great form. She's lovely. Yeah, I really liked her. Actually, she was really cool. Really fun. I'm trying to get her to do some running. I don't think she ever will. But uh, anyway, that's an aside. So I met Aline on Plenty of Fish. Um, I met a few of the other ladies who maybe have mentioned along the way. But if we ever re- um, reference Plenty of Fish, it just means the cheapest of cheap. <laughs> Cheapest of cheap. Dating sites. Yeah, absolutely. So going from the cheapest of cheap to an utter legend, P, producer Eddie. Producer Eddie! Yay! Yay! So we did mention him. What's that? Producer Eddie's episode. Producer Eddie doesn't doesn't end up on the episodes uh, very often. He's he's been in one episode. And there's one episode that he did about running his first marathon. He's in the top ten most downloaded episodes we've ever had. People love I, producer Eddie. Yeah, they do. And I think before that episode, he'd he'd said something on an episode once. Oh, he had. He'd done a little intro. Yeah, and uh, and it was amazing because I'd never heard his voice before. Um, so it's the voice of God coming alive. The great thing is, we've already talked about producer Eddie, but we've totally forgotten because I remember we talked about in the first one we talked about his book, and they've just reminded yeah, me. Absolutely, but he's worth talking about twice. You know, good things are. Eddie, you can cut one of these out, or you can keep them both in. We'll know whether you're an egotistical maniac by the decision <laughs> that you make next. <laughs> but I think we need to have a challenge, Eddie. Challenge Eddie? Oh, yes. Get him to do the weird shit that people used to make me do. That's that what he you mean? He could be the Mike Bushel. He could be the Mike Bushel of Bad Boy Running. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Incredible. You can finally get rid of your mantle. Oh. <laughs> oh, no, that's awful. When I was listening, I was listening back to the first uh, the first part and everything, and we were going, "You're the Mike Bushel of it." I mean, re- it really is an offensive thing to say. <laughs> <laughs> have, you, be... have you watched? Have you watched any of Mike Bushel's work? On, uh, we, I'm sure there has to be a Mike Bushel montage that we can share in the group. Oh, and then, if not, we'll just make one up. And then Eddie has to do everything that Mike Bushel does. Do you think it's set up to Benny Hill music? I, I think it would be better if it was. See, my only worry is that the, the running awards are in two weeks. And I've just received an invite through today to come along and to potentially do a podcast there. And so there is a, a chance that Sam, who's the organiser of the running awards, would have listened to the podcast recently. <laughs> so if he's listened to the last episode, which is all us just ripping the shit out of Mike Bushell... <laughs> I'm not sure how he's going to respond to that. We're not going to meet him because um, he gives the prizes uh, of winners and um, they're determined that we never win anything. I I won a prize last year. Yeah, you tricked yourself onto that stage. But do you know what? This is a great thing. Okay. Um, We were at a quiz recently uh, at school and I told them um, how how to win. And it used your technique of literally just ignoring um, what everyone else is doing until you've got... Because like, no one pays any attention to you, do they? When you, uh, just no. up until you get to the last 10 and then just do whatever it is. And, then, and the person who did it, 
won. Hey, I mean, you have, there's, brilliant. An element, what do they win? there's an element of luck in the last, like, with the last ten and everything. But as long as you get to yeah. the last ten, you're in with a good shout, and you always do the opposite of what everyone else is doing as well. Um, yeah, you play the numbers. Yeah, yeah you play. Sure. Yeah, it was your your technique of cheating your way onto a stage absolutely works. Yeah, well, I'm hoping they're going to do something similar this year because he's probably got a, a bushel's best bits the, too. Isn't the he? best thing is, I, you haven't managed to get rid of those books, have you? <laughs> <laughs> you still got them. You cannot. You cannot give them away. In fact, we didn't mention that. So, as, as part of the um, the Bushel's best bits, we put it out as a prize that anyone could win just by reviewing Bushel's best bits. But instead of doing real reviews, they had to come up with fake reviews. But no one wanted it. No one wanted the book. No one wanted it. People refused. So, if you're listening now, um, you can still win a copy of Bushel's best bits. All you have to do is. Post a video review into the group. It doesn't matter how truthful, how good, how bad, and you will win a truly awful book as your reward. What could be better? Wait a minute, didn't Tom do a uh, review of Bushel's Best Bits? Tom Dark? Maybe he did. Oh, I don't know. Um, we, something we haven't mentioned is the For Goodness Shakes competition that we did, oh. which was brilliant. Because so, there was a lot of bushel um, overlap in that. So what we did, we did a um, For Goodness Shakes. So we, for some reason, we always partner with milkshakes. Um, but For Goodness Shakes, um, you know, uh, they, they kindly sent me a box of um, strawberry milkshake um, after the, uh, the milkshake. <laughs> so we, we ran a competition with them as well. And um, the competition was basically produce an advert for um, their, new, uh, their new protein uh, product. And uh, we had some brilliant entries, just utterly brilliant. And it, what really made it brilliant was the amount of in-joke references, such as the ones you heard, <laughs> that people managed to get into a, like, into a 60-second advert. It was incredible. In fact, it's probably the perfect thing to watch after listening to the A to Z because it will be the first opportunity for you to actually see all the in-jokes used together in quick succession, yeah. So if you go into the Facebook group, and search for goodness shakes they'll yeah. be on there this is somewhere. like this so like look like doing this bit here is like reading the shakespeare and then watching um all those videos is like watching <laughs> the franco zeffirelli version so you don't really have to listen to this one too much yeah absolutely absolutely so um moving on from goodness shakes to uh push-ups we've all got we've all got our crosses to bear and this one really is yours isn't it yeah it's still not i mean Actually, it's been quite a long time since someone's yeah. shouted press-ups at me, but that's probably because I haven't raced in months and months. I think I think it, it has died me. down significantly. I mean, you know, it only occasionally pops up again, but that was that was something you had to put up with for for a long time. I mean, like when you win a marathon, and as you're accepting the um, the, the prize, <laughs> someone shouting at you. Are we talk about undermining you? <laughs> But let's but explain. We've, we've talked about Dante. We've talked about. Um, um, have we talked about Special Forces Hell Week? We've talked uh, about Hell Week. We're saving, we? it, we're saving it for S. We haven't really spoken about Dante either. So push ups is going to be. You're going to have to hold on in there to the end of this podcast. But from Peter, from push ups to Park Race. Park Race. Oh, oh I don't know. That's a, this is a. Um, it's not so much the. There's no problem with Park Run. Everyone loves Park Run. Not a problem yeah. with Park Run. The problem Brilliant. is with the people, again, and this is runners, isn't it? This is runners we're talking about here. Yeah. Um, who insist, who are just, who are evangelic about it to the point of correcting the way that you 
um, both spell it without the you know without a capital P, um, and also the insistence that it's not a race. That even if you use the terminology around racing, like oh yeah, I you know, I won it or or something like that, they will correct yeah. you, and that's specifically true in um, uh, Facebook groups where you have the the most anal. Um, park run thing so so what we've been doing so when you see references to where we're calling it park race and we're spelling it in lots of different ways it's just a a subversion of that just to show that you know we, we yeah you can they you know you can't force someone to write a, a word in the style of their of how they think it should be branded you can write yeah. it however you want and you know, yeah and absolutely. it is and it is and it is also the biggest um um uh, scam in running that park run it's not a race because it is, but but you know, but let's pretend it's not because they have to have like health and safety things. But it, but, if, but it is. Even but if you're from not. a country, if you're from a country that doesn't have parkrun, it's it's essentially a, a free five k race that's organised across. It used to be across Britain, but now it's actually across a lot of the world. Yeah. Where every Saturday, local parks will put on the five k race. Set well, route starts vol- at nine o'clock. Volunteers, volunteers in the in the park, so it's completely voluntary yeah completely voluntary free to enter you, you just have to bring a barcode that you can register on online and you start at the gun or when the marshal says go and then you get a, a chip at the end to so you can record your timing so it's an amazing amazing thing that is is transforming people's view on running and and especially children i think you know kids and teenagers are now running more than ever before and, and for me when i was younger my only view of running was cross country and I hated it um, as everyone else did. But park running is so good. But as, as, uh, as Jamie said, unfortunately there's been a few run-ins and they do they tend. I don't think park run is an organization. That's the thing. Oh no, but, no, de- no, definitely not park. It's people who just, I mean, like, why, why do, are people so such knobs about it? I mean, they, that's what it, they are. They're just, they're, it's like, who cares how it's spelled? Yeah. yeah, do you have to correct? Someone's trying to make a point. Do you have to correct how it's spelled? Yeah, and they um, and so we we set up our own group, um, which was the park uh, park run winners group. <laughs> just to try, and, just to try and just to, just, just to try and get it shut down. <laughs> really, yeah. to see if anyone was going to try and get it shut down because that that's literally the worst thing that you can say to someone that they that they want. Even even though newspapers around the around the country you know publish the winners. Because <laughs> yeah. Yeah. you have this weird thing of you know, if you if you win a park run, they say you're a first finisher, and so it it's just it's like the weirdest like pseudo communist style way of um, of talking. It's just such weird like double speak. But no one knows why. If they came out and said it's not a race because of insurance, yeah. fair enough, or it's not a race because the local council would then charge us, then fair enough. But they've never said anything like that. They've just repeatedly insisted that it's not a race. Um, and so we often refer to it in the group, uh, and it, it is the run that most people do, uh, do batters. Uh, but it's also well known now because of the uh, the Banks method is perfected pre-Park Run, I'd say. Absolutely. I mean, I think, in fact, I don't think Park Run was that well known until the Banks method <laughs> thrust it into the limelight yeah absolutely uh, yeah absolutely and so and so that's the important thing um you're gonna have to listen to the f- first episode of the a to z if uh, if you don't know what the banks method is um, you need to educate yourself on that 
Um, okay, so um, so uh, the next thing uh, we go on to is um, is this. <laughs> We're going to talk a little bit about this when we talk about reviews of Bad Boy Running. But one thing that's mentioned was that um, I don't think this was a review on uh, on iTunes. This was something that someone else mentioned in in another Facebook group because um, you were obviously. No, I, it is a, it is a review on iTunes. Oh, is it a review on iTunes as well? I I, I also think that when you were initially um, uh, pushing um, the podcast on various things, I think some someone else said this, and they you said they said, "Oh, is it any good?" And they'd written back someone, it's just a couple of posh boys um, laughing at their own jokes. <laughs> <laughs> it's fairly apt. Which I love, which I loved. My, Concise. It, my wife thinks that's hilarious that I'm referred to as posh. Yeah, I mean, I think if you're, so if you're not from the UK, um, there is a certain element of, um, I'd say there's a section of the North who believe anyone who's from the South is posh because of the way we speak. Oh, okay. All right. So it's used as a, a thoroughly derogatory term rather than a more accurate term of someone that uses like received pronunciation. Well, I don't think posh is ever used as a positive. Would you say that it, it ever? Would you? Can you think of a description where you thought, "Ah, oh, I want to be posh." Yeah, that's a good point. Actually, I haven't thought of it that way. Yeah, and, and yeah, so someone's it, normally using it in a derogatory way, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, if you're from, if you're not from the UK, it's we're always um, referenced as having, you know, very class and status-based society, and so uh, I think the the connotations of posh, a lot of them are about um, entitlement and undeserved and kind of rich elite, all those types of things are associated with being posh. So uh, sadly. We we've been tired with that brush. We've been tired of it. <laughs> I don't know. It's not a bad brush to be tired with. That we're part of the worse. rich elite. I mean, like that's we are the rich elite of running. Definitely, we we are the elite. Rich, rich in humour, elite in uh, t-shirt sales. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, we need to work on that one. But um, yeah, yeah, and, and to a certain extent, I guess I could be perceived as posh because I have gone to a public school. Um, so. And I could be because class is posh because um, Waitrose has opened up within two miles of our house. So, in many ways, which your wife is very pleased about. So, oh she, my she goodness! Posted on Facebook about that. What I love, what I love about this is that um, they went shopping today, and um, and I was like, well, "How did it feel going around the Waitrose?" And she's like, "I think around the Waitrose, we went to Sainsbury's. It's too expensive in there." Like, what is the point? What is the yeah. point? That's the worst thing. We've got a Waitrose that we can't shop in because it's too expensive. There's a wine bar in that Waitrose. But you can go into the Waitrose and you can check for when the discounts are on. I went into the Waitrose and I got so excited. I spent, I used up a lot of um, of memory on my camera taking photos of the amount of um, uh, corn they had available in there. <laughs> I've never seen, I've never seen such a massive range of like vegetarian section in the, in the supermarket before. It was just incredible. It's Mo Farah going mental. Like, oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> no, no, he just walked past. Like I've never seen any of this or eaten any of so, this before. So, can you get drinking in the wine bar then? Yeah, that's really bizarre. But would they expect people to actually come and spend the evening? Then? So, or is it? No, it's more of a. It's more of a. Um, mums drop their kids off at the local private schools um, in gym kit. Go straight to the wine bar. That sort of. That sort of wine bar. Can you take photos of that? I'm fascinated to see. I know it's weird, actually. I want to. I want to go to the wine bar, but there is, um, yeah, there's like a big old cafe, and then there's a wine bar. 
Wow. Brighton, eh? That's not Brighton, this is Hayward Heath. Okay, okay. Brighton, Brighton to me. Uh, Right, yeah. Ross drives there, wherever. Um, So the next one, the next thing is professionalism, which I think think we're pretty professional now, but it didn't used to be like that, did it? Well, I wouldn't say... Every time um, people give me advice about podcasts, it's always make sure that every week you always release the same podcasts at the same day. So we're not quite professional in that sense. And they also say make sure that the structure of every episode is the same. So you always start off with a proper introduction. You always talk about what you're going to talk about. You always put in the, like, the normal furniture and stuff. So if you're going to do some letters or you're going to do some emails, you do that first. And then make sure that the structure is always the same so it's consistent to have that. Yeah, don't do any of that. Don't do <laughs> And you're, I think it's be better honest, because of it. I think it's better because of it, because no one knows what they're going to get. We don't even exactly. know what we're going to get while we're, while we're recording it. You can't be disappointed if you've got no expectation. I think there's a, there's, there's a big thing to be said about that, because it, you know, the worst thing that we want to do is become formulaic. Mainly yeah, be, oh boy. Mainly because that will require us to make some effort um, at the start of it. That but, is so, true. But the, the, we've mentioned it with the headphones, the headset. But the professionalism isn't isn't what we're known for. But hopefully now, as a new listener, you're thinking, actually, guys, I think you're doing a pretty good job. Well done, well done. The main the main issue with like the professionalism stuff normally comes from other other podcasters who are annoyed um, at us that uh, even though we don't have that level of professionalism, we don't you know we don't spend our money on expensive um, equipment and everything. We still manage to get a um, a big audience. And the fact is, we get you know, we, we, it's probably not as big audience as they get, but ours is based purely on original content rather than um, <laughs> someone else's. <laughs> so you're so bitter still. So <laughs> I'm not bitter. He trolls me. He trolls me all the time <laughs> about how much bigger his audience is. I quite like that though. I mean, it's this. I don't, I why, like... is it, why is it? But why? Why does he need to do that? Why is it? You know, he's he's insecure about something. Either that, or he just finds it exceptionally funny. You'd do it publicly if it was that funny. But, uh, no, I think the fact he does it in private is, I mean, that he's trying to spare your feelings, but he also wants to go off. I, I salute you, Tom Dark, for doing that. We didn't talk but, about the Tom Ian situation, did we? We did, we did. Did we? Yeah, yeah. But we're moving on to Paul Mann's. Paul Mann's Robbie Britton. That's just brilliant. Oh, so th- I mean, this was a faux pas and a half. Oh, it was just, it was utterly, utterly amazing. Who's, who is the rich man's Robbie Britton? I can't remember his name now. Um, Ricky Lightfoot. Ricky Lightfoot. So if you've not listened to the Robbie Britton episode yet, do. It's brilliant. Robbie's a legend. Oh, he's great. His, his stories are incredible. He's very funny and he's done some amazing races. Shoots from the hip. Shoots from the hip. He doesn't, he, he doesn't, he's not diplomatic. He just he says, he says it like he sees it. Absolutely, uh, and he's very funny as well. But um, we we asked people if they had any questions for Robbie, and um, <laughs> a gentleman who's been named, I think, twice already on this. He's been referenced twice already in the A to Z. Uh, Mr. Parry, for some reason, asked the question, "What's it like to be known as the poor man's?" <laughs> I've already forgotten the other Ricky Lightfoot. Uh, not realising that Robbie had actually come into the Facebook group as a, as, as a wonderfully generous act of kindness to answer people's questions in advance and, uh, and then answered him directly that he was 
he'd take it because he's quite pleased with the uh, with the comparison. <laughs> so now, yeah. if anyone's reference is the poor man, uh, that's why. That's so right, when yeah. we when we say JD the, is the poor man's Mike Bushel, um, makes a lot of sense. Makes no, a lot of sense. no. I Andy Parry, Andy Harry has a um, a tendency to do that with the thing. I think he did. Uh, fortunately, Susie Chan hadn't come into the group one thing. So when when we said, "Oh, we've released the Susie Chan episode," I think he said, "Who is she?" <laughs> It should have been really offensive. Have been and I there. think he he also made a really terrible pun with Rhonda Marie. Um, also, not realizing that she, she was a <laughs> as well. So, what the takeaway should be, Mister Parry, st- stop being stop being a dick to our guests in the group because they might read it. They might read it. No, no, and don't ever stop being rude to our guests. <laughs> you can, uh, you're like it's like it's like the town nutcase who like right, stands on the side and randomly shouts at cars and stuff. Uh, <laughs> just add in that. Justify yourself. Justify why you're a guest on this podcast because I've not heard of you. That's. I mean, that's what leads incense does lead to um, to mental issues. We know that, so uh, it actually makes a lot of sense. But uh, moving on to Q qualifying for the world chat that's quite a tenuous queue isn't it that is a qualifying very very for... tenuous queue qualifying for the world champs oh, I'm, I'm disappointed that i missed out now yeah it's i mean lee stewart's there i mean that i in a sense i sort of understand what you're talking about now <laughs> <laughs> with lee stewart can qualify for the world champs <laughs> in his first attempt. <laughs> his first attempt, without even realising. Yeah, that that's what he's I mean, I, I sort of get get where you're coming from. It make it just it, it makes sense. It makes sense the original point you made about it. So this comes. This stems from an episode which is is um, obstacle racing elitist enough, where <laughs> I I've yet to what, attend wait, the. Uh, what, we were no, just saying from this is obstacle racing elitist enough. I was coming from the point of view of like, it, ooh, is it elitist? And um, David's coming to point of view as possibly needs to be a bit more realistic. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't we didn't realise we were coming in these two different directions until the podcast, which is which is what makes it so brilliant. And it's one of the episodes I look back on and think, oh god, I am a bit of a cock, aren't I? <laughs> that's that's an episode that we got loads of like, uh, well, not loads of. That's we got a, a, quite a few uh, negative reviews as a result of. Yeah, absolutely. But the um, it, it stems from the fact that I, I'd yet to go to the the world champs, partly because actually the main reason was money and time, um, but partly because uh, as a world champs, it's it's incredibly easy to qualify. Um, often you need to be top ten in your age category, which in a lot of races there won't be ten people in the age category. And so, to a certain extent, I'd felt that I wasn't proud to have qualified and. Uh, and I realise now it's just me being a knob, especially when James uh, Appleton came on and <laughs> said people like that knobs. I'm like, yeah, yeah, probably right. Um, so when we talk about world about qualifying, it, it does stem back to uh, the elitism of sports. We were talking about it's a, quite a good episode actually. We we're talking about friends who had people in their offices that were had qualified for world championships in the bizarrest sports and were lauding it over everyone. And that to me was 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 the point. Um, the fact that people were really lauding and showing off about the fact they qualified for something, which to me was essentially meaningless. And, uh, so should it be more elitist or not? <laughs> the jury is out. Jury is out. I but the thing is, I understand. I get. I get your. I get your point now. It does. I understand what you. Uh, where you're coming from. It's taken. 
it's taken having to endure all that in order to in order to uh, to do it. But yeah, yeah. So from one ridiculous thing onto another ridiculous thing, and I think this is wow. this is the, this is another gift that keeps on giving. That we um, is possibly the the greatest publishing company of all time. Um, we're talking about here with probably the most useful information of all time. Um, I do assume it's going to go out I, each week. I assume there won't be a newsletter because it's going to have to have gone bust at some point. <laughs> the thing is, it gets bigger and bigger every. every you know, it, it doesn't seem to be diminishing for the for the lack of quality content. And of course, if you don't know who we're talking about now, we're talking about our favourite uh, running publication, or I don't even know if you call it a running publication. Um, uh, most famous um, conglomeration of words that aren't necessarily related to each other put together in a way that maximizes SEO and clickbait in order to <laughs> help drive revenues and provide absolutely no value to the reader. But for somehow, it, it still sort of works. So we're talking about real buzz, as, as, they, as they shorten it to. Now, part of me feels bad whenever we talk about real buzz. What? Because what? Because I don't want to give it any kind of... It's like, when you, oh, it's like people that, that publish articles from the daily mail i feel the same way that we shouldn't be fanning this fire or giving it any kind of attention no but, but the thing it is, is, the thing is you know, there's nothing wrong with it because i think as soon as someone goes to real buzz and sees what what they get then then they know they people i think some people need to know real buzz because sometimes you could have someone going on and go oh so and so from real buzz gives this advice and unless you've seen what real buzz produces You'd think, oh, that person sounds like an expert, wouldn't you? If you saw them mentioned in a, in another article or something, or they said, oh, so and so we're at the London Expo, or so and so from Real Buzz is going to give us some advice on um, things not to do um, before the marathon. You think, oh, actually, that might be quite a good talk to go to. Don't eat broccoli. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the thing. the The last two weeks, there've been two new Real Buzz articles, and. Oh, <laughs> I don't know if it angers me or frustrates me or just, just disappoints many, me. The question is, how many calories did you burn while being frustrated at Real Buzz articles? I mean, that, that's, so that's you, the real question. If, I don't know which episodes Real Buzz I mentioned of, but it would be at least three and four, three or four of them. And some of the gems are ways... And, and this is... It, it seems to be partly trying to be about running partly trying to be about health partly trying to be about ocr but mainly trying to appeal to people that don't actually want to do any exercise but want the benefit of exercise i'd say and so some of the articles they've done are um unexpected ways in which you can lose uh, lose weight this christmas oh it's the, it's, the, it's the ones that are really weird where you're like you're trying to get lose weight and christmas into a title but you haven't thought about the content that's going to come. And so it was, oh, don't, don't listen to our Christmas special. Our Christmas special will tell you everything you know, need to know because we made our Christmas special specifically about Real Buzz. But some of them are, I mean, the, some of the classics are things like um, wrapping your presents. Is Foraging way for gifts. <laughs> Foraging for gifts. <laughs> <laughs> but putting, it's not. Was it putting putting your um, decorations up? You like, but but wouldn't they already be up? Why, why have you taken them down on Christmas Day? Yeah, <laughs> and you, you read the article and you're like, for one, how is this actually generating any kind of? Because one of the suggestions of watching television, and you're like, how is this helping anyone? Because for one, 
there's a, there's only a finite number of presents that you're buying and you're probably going to wrap them or you're not you're not going to double wrap them to save to, to burn off extra energy so those are the type of things they they talk about they also have um some of the recommendations and they've just reissued this pre-london to try and double down on the content but they're the advice for not what to do the morning of a marathon, one of them is not to eat highly fibrous foods for breakfast. For example, <laughs> broccoli. <laughs> that, that staple pre-marathon breakfast that, that you have. <laughs> and, um, I mean, the it, it, in, in some ways, think about it now, it is an amazing publication, but... Um, the the frustrating thing is there's also an article that I'll probably read out parts of it in one episode coming up in the future, but where they've taken one of the top British runners, top, 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 who's run a, a 2.11 marathon, and he's written an article about how to run a sub-3 marathon. And in that, you'd assume, oh, wow, this could be amazing. To find out the insight of one of our fastest runners on how to train hard, and it's utter garbage. There's about five points in there which you can barely follow. I won't go into it. And this this is my frustration with Real Buzz is that actually a lot of what it says is dangerous in that it's not helpful. It's giving you not it, – it, it's telling you such gems as don't overhydrate or underhydrate <laughs> without telling you what the right amount of hydration is. And so it just causes panic and fear and misinformation where without actually being of any use. And I, of all the articles I've ever read of, of Real Buzz, there's never been a single thing that I thought has actually been useful or insightful. But there's been so much information that I think is either damaging or dangerous. And so um, I, I don't know if I get sued for saying that, but honestly, Real Buzz is the worst running publication there is on earth. Unless we decided to put out a magazine, in which case <laughs> we would, because we'd yeah. never, we'd never give reckless advice that would do you any damage. Well, we would, but they'd always come with a bad boy guarantee, <laughs> just to, just you that, yeah, do not, do not follow. We're um, we're like um, Phil Collins in Jesus, he knows me. <laughs> it's, do what I say, not what I do. Actually, with the reverse, do what I do, don't what I say. <laughs> right. Oh. Moving on to reality bites. Oh, this is just uh, this is a story that I think kept me amused for at least twenty five minutes <laughs> when I first heard it because it's just the weirdest thing. I don't, I don't really you know. I, the, the only way, the only reason this is relevant is because I heard it while we were running. Um, but it's a, it's a good enough story. So just explain, because um, this this relates back to um, uh, Big, Big Mountain. Mountain. So um, Big Mountain, who we we couldn't actually remember where they're from. We, it was one of our discussions in the South Downs Way, um, because you do go into very random discussions when you're running 100 miles. And um, Big Mountain were on the soundtrack to a film called Reality Bites, which then reminded me of a story from uh, from my school days there was a girl in my school called gypsy who um well there's probably not many gypsies on earth with people named gypsy so probably quite easy for anyone who has ever known me to know who that was but um i had decided to send her a valentine's card 
at the time, she'd at one point told me that she really liked me. I then decided I really liked her. Um, and almost in a Hugh Grant-esque, terrible, um, cheesy love story, when one of us liked the other, the other one then didn't. And so it never worked out. So I'd sent her this this um, anonymous Valentine's card. <laughs> and at the end of it, I'd seen the film Reality Bites, which is a Winona Ryder, who I loved at the time. But the film is essentially about two best friends who are always dating the wrong people. And then they realize that even though they're best friends, they're perfect for each other. They should get together. Everything's wonderful. So (laughs) instead of signing off the card by saying who I was, and this was all written in cut-out magazine letters. (laughs) Why in the cut-out, we've taken a hostage style that you've decided that I mean that compounds it because it's meant to be anonymous it's meant to be anonymous so I just then said at the end watch reality bites <laughs> that's so assuming, threatening sh- sh- <laughs> assuming she'd know that that meant watch the film that was out fairly recently called reality bites <laughs> unfortunately she took that as a threat <laughs> watch Reality bites. <laughs> I was then incredibly scared of who would have gone to the length of writing this card. Did she I discuss it with remember. you? I didn't ask you. Did she discuss it with you? Going, some psycho has written me this card. <laughs> I can't actually remember what happened after that. If I confessed to her, if I'd asked a friend, I think probably a friend Lucy had. Um, I talked to her about it, but um, if I, I should have a chat, I'll message Gypsy and just see to see what the outcome of that was but i mean talk about clueless young romance um so that is reality bites um <laughs> if we ever mention that in the future but moves us on to the running awards oh the running awards they 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 were sort they've sort of been on nemesis haven't they in the sense that well in the sense that we just we see we can get invited there we just can't get an award well we love them but we hate them well they're they're, they're basically we're Nicolas Cage and they're the Oscars. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's fairly, fairly good. I don't good, think actually. we need to continue, really. Because well, the, <laughs> the, the running awards brought us um, the Mike Bushel, Gary Bushel, and on its own, that, that, that was brilliant. And um, yeah, I don't think really there's much more we can add on that. In fact, it's given us so many good, uh, good nights. It's, uh, it's, it's had a night where... Um, I've been absolutely on the lash of Susie. Um, first time I met Susie Chan, in fact. In fact uh, every year the, the running awards, I've, I've had a great night out with Susie Chan. Um, it's given us so many, so many good moments. And I think we're, we're going to be going back this year again. Hopefully, Pete will be coming from Mud School and be doing a crossover. But if not, we're in... Uh, Jodie and I... Jodie sadly can't make it, but... We're in a conversation about potentially bringing uh, another do-batter. Other do-batters, yeah, for we've we've got a, a spare place, and so we might be doing a Facebook Live filming of the running awards no, through the evening. That'll be good. <laughs> I think my worry would be that once we commit to Facebook Live, no, oh. it's not going to stop when it gets to one well, o'clock. The, the problem, well, that's the problem. But you so you start committing to Facebook Live, and there's all sorts of legal issues and shit that I'm just worried about <laughs> if I'm not there. Especially as, um, well, Alex from For Goodness Shakes is going to be there. And I think he's um, he's going to be on the lash. Because I don't think they're going there with a 
caring or an expectation of winning. I think they're going just for a bit of fun. So um, he's going to be causing trouble. No doubt Susie will be there. No doubt um, some of the obstacle crew will be there. I'm hoping Edinburgh Marathon will be there because that would be incredible. We could interview Edinburgh it's Marathon. Time. It's time. It's time to interview them. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway. One sec. I've just, there's one thing I've got to do, which should have been under M, but it has just appeared. And it's the one thing I have to stop the podcast for. Yes. Got him. M is for moths. My room has moths, but I, uh, they are my proper nemesis. Really? My nemesis. If there's ever a moth, um, so I can't even speak today. If there's ever a moth, I have to kill it no matter what I'm doing. Because if I don't, they get out my eyesight and then... God knows what happens, but they breathe. They've ruined, they're ruining my clothes. So just cut them off. Results, results. So on from results to running clubs. Right. So the thing we talked about running clubs, because this was very early on, there was a, uh, there was talk of, um, well, should I join a running club? And of course I didn't join a running club um, for ages and ages and ages because we're talking about the problem with running Because you weren't running. <laughs> well, you well, it wasn't necessarily that. Well, well, it wasn't necessarily that. It was more. Um, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't really want to go to the running club because I was uh, slightly worried about it. And um, and then I went, and the it was stigma. stigma of running club, wasn't it? And the expectation. Yeah, absolutely. And I went to it, and everyone was lovely, and everything else. But <clears throat> which was great. But something arose recently, which has just confounded why running clubs are. You know, why why people don't like running clubs. So. Uh, Libby, you know, it's gone out and started doing a lot more running and stuff. Um, but, yeah. uh, you know, when the, when the nights are dark and stuff like that, you think, well, okay, it would be good if she runs with other people. I don't really want her running around, you know, on her own in the dark yeah. and stuff like yeah. that. So, so I said, okay, well, on a Thursday, Hayward Teeth Harriers, they do a, um, like a casual run out from somewhere. Um, you know, they all do it at the same, you know, uh, at different paces and stuff. Um, yeah. And it's nice and dark, and you don't have the structure of a normal night what's it called club night or whatever um where yeah. they you know do that so it's yeah, they do it they set off from one thing they run to somewhere else uh, they, you know they change direction but they all go together they all do different speeds i've seen that because i've seen them running and, and yeah the people that go along to it were people in all different groups so yeah. um so libby starts talking to um uh, she's uh, there's someone who is the membership officer of okay. hayward heath harriers membership officer the person responsible for recruiting members Starts having a chat with her, saying, uh, I think it was someone from school. Starts having a chat with her, going, um, uh, you know, so, um, you know, it, would it make any sense coming along? And um, this person's like, um, yeah, you know, it'd be good, you know, you can come along if you want. Um, and they was like, well, you know, it's, uh, I'm not, not an amazing runner, I'm sort of starting out and everything. Um, and this woman went, um, as long as you can run eight, mile, eight, eight miles, a fair pace should be fine. Anything less than that and you'll, uh, you'll be left behind. I'm like, what the fuck? I mean, yeah, what? That's a long run. That's a ridiculous. That's a ridiculous uh, thing. I mean, and, and it's not true either. I said, it's not. It's just. It's painfully not true because I know, like the other people in the other group, um, in the in the lower groups and stuff, um, yeah. who I've been running with, they all do the like the Thursday run. I'm like, but what? What? What the fuck is she doing? Like telling her that? And it was just, it, just that thing encapsulated just this whole. Oh yeah, well you're not you're, you're not elite enough. You're not you're not fast enough. If you're not fast enough, then you you know don't bother. Um, yeah, but it, it's so hard because if um, I mean there's there's two issues there. It's one is whether it's the, it, it appears it's not the right information, but if that was true, that's just really hard because um, 
what sh- what can the running club do if it doesn't have enough runners who are slow and and therefore she can run with and it's it's such a it's such a struggle because um i've i've seen it from both sides and your your that's why there's been these growth of all these other yeah, clubs so. but then these other clubs become elitist as well because not elitist but they 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 become organized and yeah. that's the difference they become organized and as soon as you organize and you organize because you cannot have um 200 people all on a run together because inevitably the summer will be quicker some will be slower so you then have to do into different pace groups and if you're in a different pace group you don't want a new guy coming who can't find the way because you'll probably do it's slightly different on that, that thursday run it sounds like it's a really lovely run where you can just jog around um, and actually, if you go to some places in London, it's great because you can do Serpentine, 10 o'clock. They do a lap of Hyde Park. So if you're going too slow, doesn't matter. You just carry on around the lap. Um, but the chances are you won't be going too slow because they, they really look out for slower individuals. But it's it's just a nightmare for um, for clubs. And so we've seen it with Run Them Crew. And then they're trying not to be elitist, but they're having to have all these different groups now. And they're trying to market them in quite a cool way so they don't come across as that so you've got the panthers and you've got all these different names but they're essentially being the running club yeah yeah they're essentially the running club. same with uh, midnight runners they're now too big but and you have yeah to... but then it's difficult because then there's no what, what's the entry point there's no entry point if you know if, I, think, I mean yeah. that's the thing isn't it what, what's the entry point there are you know if they're not going to put on if you're not going to put on runs that people who are slower uh, because the thing is, when we we yeah, we had this discussion at the time that everyone who joined the club took ages joining the club, um, especially in that that slower group that I was in, um, because yeah. they thought you know it would all be too fast. And you know, on the on the on the on the Tuesday night they go, that's fine because it's all split up. But if you don't go, if you don't have the Thursday run as well, or even like I don't know what happens on the long runs on the on the weekend, whether you know, it, I imagine that that's going to be the same as well because, like you say, they're not. It's not you know it's not hundreds of people going. Otherwise, they would be able to split it down. It's going to be you know it's like it's dozens almost. But, but um, I think there's the the trouble is that so for example, Heathside is they they've got their Sunday runs and they'll do a nine o'clock, a ten o'clock, and eleven o'clock. And the later in the day it starts, the slower it tends to be. But even the eleven o'clock, um, if you're in a running club and you've been there for quite a long time, the chances are you're just going to naturally get thinner, you're going to get faster, fitter, and it only makes sense to be in a running club, really, if you're running at least twice a week, sometimes three times a week. So most clubs, I'd say the average number of runs per person is probably three or four, because a lot of people run every day or sometimes twice a day, but you'll never to be end up even... So Heathside did a group on a Wednesdays where it was a, a starter group and it was anyone could come along but trying to get enough people in that group when after six weeks some of those guys were suddenly yeah they were, they were too good they were and some some of them dropped out because they they didn't really want to run that regularly anyway some of them and suddenly everyone was getting quicker and quicker and quicker and so how do you keep a really big pool of absolutely learners unless you've got people who are prepared to sacrifice themselves every week by going at whatever pace someone else who who they don't know wants to go and the, and, and having done the hash having you 
we've made a real effort to speak to new people but after a while you just want to talk to your friends yeah especially as new people often don't come back so do you want to spend your time every week talking to people that you're probably never going to see again having the same conversations and it's a big ask so it's it's really tricky but i'm, I'm really interested to know what running clubs are like in other countries you know is it the same in the states australia you know, france wherever you're from are your running clubs the hash is obviously completely different as are horse you know, uh, hare and hounds and but standard running clubs are they the same as as how they're perceived in the uk as being elitist as being top end as being cliquey as being slightly socially awkward i mean the great the great thing i found out this week so the the good gym have decided they're going to enter a team into the Met League cross country. So Met League is the London region cross country championships. So there's six races in total. How much do you think it costs to put a team in for all six races? Um, I'm thinking it's cross country. It's going to be really low because I, I imagine that you get good value for money on cross country race. So I'm going to say six teams. Is it for what for all six or per person? For for a club, for so the, the, to this um, good gym, I I don't know the exact funding whether it changes with the size of the club, but for good gym to enter six races as a club, how much do you think that costs? Oh, I don't know. It's going to be either ridiculously cheap or ridiculously expensive. Is it? Is it like fourteen quid or something? It was, it's a hundred quid. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, that's so, amazing. I mean, that's, like 16, <laughs> that's amazing. Sixteen pounds a race for a club, and and that's why that's what's great about club running. Yeah, and the fact that you know, we, so at some point we could even do a bad boy running end. We, could, it'd be worth it just for. In fact, do bad is if you're in London, you're not part of a running club, or you're near the London area, and you want to run the Met League cross country, it would only take a hundred quid between the do badders. So. It's worth it if we've got even three do-badders who want to do it because, you know, 30 quid for six races, you only yeah. have to turn up to two and it's still good value for money. But between people like Ali and Tom and and if you guys want us to do that, we can look into it and actually put on a proper club um, for the Met League next season. I, I'm I'm happy to switch from... Uh, from his side for to do batters we can see if, if bruno's up for that as well if richard's up for it we could end up with <laughs> champion <laughs> champion we'd be a pretty awesome <laughs> team wouldn't it it would i mean not compared to metal league standards but it would be a reasonable standard team um but it wouldn't be about that it would be about the fact that everyone there is in string vests with just the colors on it might be there are specific rules but if we can turn up with proper logoed up tops that r- rip the piss on them as our proper club colours yeah. that would be funny as hell so if you want to do it guys it's only 100, 100 quid and it will run from either October I think October to February and if we're part of that it might then mean that we can um, enter the national championships as well <laughs> what? this has got serious it has, but it would be funny. That would be amazing. Um, I just, oh, I, yeah, that would be amazing. But let us know if you want us to look into it in the Facebook group. Just, just make a comment and say he'd be up for the team. And um, if there are enough people, then yeah, why not? Why not? Um, so anyway, well, in typical, you know, we were talking about professionalism earlier and how it's always important <laughs> to uh, think. So um, we are. <laughs> 
<laughs> initially, um, I've, I've advertised this as a two-parter, and of course, <laughs> we're now four hours in. How has that happened? <laughs> what were we talking about, Salem? To the A to Z, and we're, we, we haven't even got we haven't even got to the end of R yet. But we thought this was a yeah. good time to stop because it means that we can kick off the next A to Z episode with our favourite of favourite subjects: the man, the legend. Rob <laughs> which Rob, yeah. the, the greatest too bad of all. Rob, Rob being the operative word there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but well, if you um, well, we we'll, we'll be publishing that I assume the week after this one. But if you've got uh, do do subscribe, uh, do um, leave reviews. But I guess the takeaway from this episode is get into the Facebook group and search for the For Goodness Shake videos. There's some amazing ones on there. Really, really funny. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think we've um, a lot of them are hosted also on the Facebook page. So um, if you can't find them there, you'll you'll be able to find them on the on the Facebook page as well. Absolutely. So. Send us any ideas, any responses, anything like that, anyone you want us to interview to letters at badboyrunning.com. Yes, absolutely. I mean like a lot of our a lot of our best guests have come through suggestions, so um so we're open to it. We're not monsters. Um <laughs> unlike unlike other podcasts. Um but and also if you want to sponsor us, we'd absolutely love that. <laughs> <laughs> Don't expect a sponsorship package of any 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 uh, anytime soon though. But, um, yeah. But, yeah, and and yeah, do call us. We are cheap. We're very, very cheap. We're at the moment. We're really, really cheap. But we are gro- yeah. amazingly. We are growing listeners month on month. We are um, the plenty of fish of sponsorships. We are the, pl- we're the plenty of fish of podcasts. But one day we hope to be Match dot com. Absolutely. Is that, is, that, is that what you see? Is the top? <laughs> I don't know. I have I have no idea about that. We could be one day. We could be Ashley Madison. <laughs> filled filled with of... blokes. <laughs> Oh, Ashley Madison. Oh, yeah. I've just found out a friend of mine is a dating coach. Get him on the podcast. I think we should. I, I think that would be an amazing episode. We'll get on. Who who are the singles that we know from the Do Badder community? Oh, my God. Well, didn't, you, didn't you try doing some pimping earlier? Yes. This is exactly what we should do. We should, we should have the bad boy running dating um, service, and we should have an episode related to it. I think this would be brilliant. Yeah, so we'll get Jodie's sister on. Shut the fuck up. (laughs) Is she no longer single? Yes, no, no, she's taken, she's married. Um, (laughs) uh, So, uh, yeah, oh, you know, like, oh, this could be be an entire new thing. You know, like, they have this thing, first dates, and we could have the BBR shit dates. And what we do is we basically arrange for people to meet up at McDonald's or or whatever, or, or KFCs or something like that. Um, oh my goodness this is a great idea this is exactly what we need we need a dating coach we need some volunteers if you are single and you want our help <laughs> matching you up with someone you, are, you could be part of absolute podcast gold or the reason why we are taken off of iTunes one oh, or the other see, it doesn't matter what country you're from either we're, we're oh, open oh absolutely that, even better even better if, you're, if there's no way that you're ever going to be able to make it to this country to meet someone that is perfect we we do ask though that you're of legal age. Well, no, we do ask that you at least look legal age. That's <laughs> our, our only requirement. Oh my God. <laughs> and please but, uh, state, please state your great. sexuality as well, because we need we want to make sure we're pairing up the right type of people. Like this this we don't want this to end badly. 
Yeah, because we will enforce. Of course you will. <laughs> we will enforce intimacy, whether you like it or not. <laughs> if you're on a date, you've got to get to second base, no matter no matter whether we've got the sexuality wrong or not. It's a verbal contract, you remember that. <laughs> I don't know how we enforce that. I don't know. <laughs> We'll send you a bad boy, bad boy guarantee, though. Bad boy guarantee that you'll 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 meet your future life partner. <laughs> yeah, brilliant. Bad boy. Can you imagine a bad boy stag do? Oh my god! Wow, that'd be incredible. But isn't that isn't that pretty much beer lovers? Yeah, actually, it would be beer lovers or Medoc. Oh, I don't. Anyway. All right then. See you later, man. Let's call it a day there. So thanks, do badders. Um, as I said, review. Subscribe, send us your messages. Join us in the we'll, Facebook uh, group if you're not there already. Yeah, and we'll uh, we'll see you next week. Bye 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 bye. Baby, come back. Bye 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 bye. I must admit I was a clone to be messing around, but that doesn't mean that you have to leave town. Come back. Yes, and give me one more try, 'cause I love like this. Should